we are live. Welcome, welcome, and welcome everybody to another episode of the Break the Rules stream, BreakTheRules.tv. Everybody, be sure to like, subscribe, Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheRules, all that good stuff. So today we have a very interesting panel for you. Oh, sorry, I gotta. Okay, we have a good panel for you, talking about the current situation in uh, Russia versus Ukraine. What exactly is going down? We have uh, various viewpoints here, and I think it is very important for us to gather up as many perspectives as we can to uh, talk about this in good faith. I also want to say for everybody who's watching this that um, if anybody here on the panel is going to be insulting in any way, demeaning to anybody else on the panel, I'm pressing the uh, ban button right there. So. Everybody be on your guard. But other than that, I look forward to having a great discussion today. And we have a newcomer today, Scott Greer. Welcome, Scott. Please Thanks for us. having me on. Thanks for being oh, on, man. The pleasure is all ours. Um, you're a huge voice, and uh, we are very delighted to have you. And uh, hopefully it'll be a good discussion. And um, you recently, <laughs> well, maybe we'll mention that later, but you recently uh, had a few streams on this particular issue. Um, you did a stream last night with, uh, my number one fan, Bleep Sama. <laughs> Bleep Sama, a, a true uh, Finnish intellect. He is yes. the, uh, foremost thinker from Helsinki. Yes. And, uh, his, 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 uh, verbal, his, uh, uh vivisections of my, uh, uh, visage is quite poetic. Uh, no, no, it's all right. I, I used to be pretty upset about Bleep, but he's. I got to admit, he's pretty, he's a funny guy. I got to admit, even, even when he's hmm. totally just annihilating me on the TL, I got to admit, he's a good guy. <laughs> no, so but you've been we, doing we a lot of blip Sama. We always got to stand with our, our Finnish. You know, we got to elevate yeah. uh, Finno Ugric voices, and I always try to do that. He's a minority out there, and we've got to listen to what he says. Uh, nice I mean, guys finish first. Uh, first, that's what I say. <laughs> nice guys finish first okay anyway we're going to get into the subject right now which i think is a pretty uh, serious one i mean with all the deaths that's been going on right now so one of the first things i think that should be mentioned is that there are a lot of people right now especially in the west who have a per particular perception of what russia is i'd say people who are more on the very online side they tend to, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but they tend to see there being a justification for what Russia is doing right now as far as going into Ukraine. I was wondering, I know, Scott, if you want to talk about that, if you could break down what you see as the possible justifications. And then, again, in good faith, I want to see whether there is any validity to it or what exactly we can extract from those uh, justifications. So uh, go for it, Scott. Well, Russia has been very clear about why they're going in. They claim that Ukraine is a part of its fear. Historically, you have to look back even into the past in the Russian Empire and the close relations that Russians and Ukrainians have. It's always been a part of their sphere. Also, Russians are always paranoid that NATO is going to be at their doorstep. They can claim the Baltics are at their doorstep, but they feel that there's a closer connection between them and Ukraine and that Ukraine is you know, more part of Russia or more uh, closer brethren to it than say Latvia or Estonia. So they always feel that they have to have Ukraine somewhat within its sphere. So they had, you know, throughout this buildup, I didn't even think they were gonna go in. I thought that Putin was gonna, you know, have troops there, you know, play tough, and he was gonna extract concessions from the West and from Ukraine. 
And there were plenty that they could have said, even though Ukraine has in their constitution that they're going to be part of NATO, you know, there are ways that they can say we're not going to have, we're never going to give membership to Ukraine. We're going to recognize Crimea as Russia. There were some things that they could have conceded that are basically the facts on the ground. Uh, but no concessions were made. And then I was like, well, he has all this troop built up. I guess he's going to go in. And sure enough, he went in to Ukraine, which obviously nobody wants war. But these things, unfortunately, happen throughout history, and that's why they're there. But what we're seeing from the West, and I guess it, sometimes you may see it as an overcorrection from the online right, is that what we're seeing from Western media is that Putin is this evil dictator, totally irrational, totally insane. I mean, he's just going out to conquer the whole world like Hitler or Napoleon or whatever. And he's wanting to he's just so mad that Ukraine is a democracy that he just can't handle this democracy next door. And this really threatens him because <laughs> democracy is just spreading everywhere when, you know, he has realistic or, you know, rational reasons for going in. We can argue whether, you know, that's, you know, whether it's like the right of a nation to go in. But you have to say from the standard that America has set, you know, for the past 20 years about the reasons to go into a nation, you know, we really don't have the moral high ground here. When we went into Iraq, we said our national security concerns were threatened by Iraq, by Saddam Hussein. And we had to go in and invade and enact regime change there. And this is based on phony lies about weapons of mass destruction. And then later on, when we when our reason for going into war wasn't there, we're just saying, oh, we had to go in to spread democracy. I would say this not necessarily fully justifying the invasion, but Russia had more legitimate national security concerns for going into Ukraine than America did to, for going into Iraq. And America has set the standard that, you know, throughout the world that if we just feel that, you know, you threaten us, and sometimes there's a legitimate threat. There was a legitimate threat in Afghanistan with Al-Qaeda who just launched 9-11 against us. You know, there was a legitimate threat there. But then other nations are going to use that as a reason to go to war. And then we're just saying, well, yours is not valid. You're just going in there because you hate democracy when there's actually valid concerns that you have there. So, I mean, well, that's before, like, that's, uh, I guess the... Well, well, thank you, Scott. But before we go on, I just want to see if you could break down like a step-by-step -step thing of what you think would have happened would Russia have not gone in. If it takes too long, mm -hmm. we can do that afterwards. But as simply as you can, if Russia would not have gone in, if Russia would not have bothered any of its neighbors like Georgia, you know, with uh, Syria and all that, what do you think would have been the response of, uh, of NATO, for example? To, if they had uh, not gone in? Yeah, if they, had, if they would have just been just like this peaceful uh, country that trades with other countries, if that well, would have... You want NATO at its doorstep? I mean, we... No, I but mean, what would have happened? That's that's my question. Yeah, I mean, if you could I have a Georgia, hypothetical. Georgia and Ukraine would have joined NATO. I mean, this all started when in, I think it was in 2008 when we we're just like, yeah, Georgia and, NATO and Ukraine can join NATO. And, you know, Russia has paranoia and fears about the West, you know, coming to their doorstep. You know, and they feel that the West wants to make Russia a weak state. And a lot of what our foreign policy is, is for whatever reason, making a weak state. There is we there are problems between the West and Russia that we need to figure out and iron out. I don't necessarily know that the way that the West is handling this is the best option. And really what we're now trying to operate here in the Ukraine war is not trying to reach a peace deal. We're trying to escalate the conflict to a point where we think we can enact regime change in Putin and that the people are going to rise up against Putin. It's like if we put all these punishing sanctions on Russia, the Russian people will get so sick of it. 
and they'll push Putin out of the way. But this doesn't work. We've had punishing sanctions against Iran for many, many years, and the mullahs are still there. I mean, all we're really doing is punishing the people while the people we're trying to get rid of, say, in power. And I don't really think that this is the effective way of diplomacy. I think we need some real adults in the room to come together and say, all right, look, we want to end this war. We want to end the bloodshed. What are some things we can do to end this? I, you know, Putin's standards, I don't think we're ever going to get a demilitarized Ukraine. You could say that's unreasonable, but what other things can we do to ensure the peace is well, ensured for a long time? We can, I think we can definitely get to the question of sanctions and so on. But as far as this question of what uh, are the justifications and if there are justifications, Andre or uh, Anne Elizabeth, uh, who would like to go first as far as this question of justifications? I think I think Andre lives in a country which is both close to Russia, a member of NATO, and has experience of such things. So I think you should start. Well, I I, I mean I don't even know where know where to start because uh, I could say I don't I basically disagree with practically every single word of what was just said before. So um uh, so it's difficult actually to choose where to start. Well, let's let's start with the fact that in no way this regime that is currently in power in Russia, in, in, in no way it actually represents Russia. If it were represented Russia, it would actually not consist of people who have been taking money, enormous amounts of money out of Russia and transferring it abroad to the West, locating the private banks, putting the, um, this is the main activity that they are doing. And by the way, today, in fact, uh, the uh, biggest Russian private company, Lukoil, appealed um, for the end of war in Ukraine because it's enormous amounts of money is just being uh, um, confiscated. Yachts, property, vast amount of everything, all of that has been taken out out of Russia and put in the West. This is a re this is a regime which actually not only not only this, the fact is that this regime has no continuity. That is the whole point about regimes. This is a regime which is completely different, for example, from the, from the Romanovs or even from the Bolsheviks. They had a vision of the future. The Romanovs, for example, brought up their own sons very carefully, prepared them to succeed. They had an idea about what Russia will be, should be like in, in the future and forever. And the, for example, when, um, you know, Alexander III was, for example, not, uh, he was not expected to become a Tsar. He was not, um, he was not brought up to be Tsar. He, when he, just like his father, he had an elder brother, Nicholas, who was brought up for this purpose. He was trained, he was taught and so on. Um, and then what happened was that um, Alexander, who knew that he's not even the next in line, wanted to, um, Marry a woman who was um, who was uh, not um, of the right birth level, so that uh, in, so this would be, uh, of course, not she could not possibly be a successor, and then um, I mean she should not she could not be married, uh, she, she could not become uh, empress, and so he asked his father that um, to let him give up his right, and and um, Alexander. The second said, no, it is not right. You have no right. It is your duty. You you have to, this is, you are the number two and you cannot, you cannot do what you like. That is, that was the attitude of the Romanovs. The Bolsheviks also, they had the vision of continuity. These people don't care one bit 
about the future of Russia. To say that Russia has this kind of interest, if, there is, if, you, if you had thought about this, you would not be hunt, hunt, even contemplating hunting Russia, making totally dependent on China. And yet they don't care one tiny bit. The whole thing is that from the very beginning, because there is neither, Putin has surrounded himself with a gang of people, none of him, whom he in, intends to be his successor. He makes everything possible to make sure that none of them is, is um, looks even, I mean, he humiliated them publicly on purpose precisely to show what kind of uh, non-entities they are, so that to make it very clear that there is nobody to succeed him. In, in reality, the people who have the biggest influence and the biggest, are not these people, not these guys whom you saw on this, but people like Igor Sechin, that is the number two most powerful man in Russia. And why do you know that he's so powerful? Because he, if he sees a company, any private company that he likes, or any private property that he likes, he can take it. And if the person, he's a minister of the government, and he resists, he will, he will sell it to him at the price that he wants, or he will go to jail. And this we know. He will, and this will, we know. And then there is, of course, Rahman Kadyrov, who can murder anybody he likes, as long as it's a private enemy, in any corner of Russia. He can send assassins, he can kidnap people, and then the Russian um, government will do nothing. Russian law is powerless. And basically, this regime is running this way, that there are all these people who have power. They are Siloviki. There are generals of any kind. Each of them has only one threat. It's another bigger general. They can they can destroy one another. They can send one another to jail, but nobody else can. Every citizen of Russia is if they if you come in conflict into with one of these guys, you basically have to you have you have to leave the country because there is just no way. And this happens at every level, every level. I mean, I can tell you of people that, for example, a person there is a car park outside um, a building, the car park for the people who live there. And then, then somebody put a sign on it saying that it's private, taken. This is a this is for the this is common property for the inhabitants. So some other uh, so uh, one of the people who lived there just drove his car inside on this place which was marked that is not not allowed. And what happened? They came and smashed his car to pieces. He called the police. He called the police. The police come. These guys who smashed his car go and shake hands with the police. They all know each other very well. They tell him next time you complain, we will we will kill you. And then that's uh, the, the, and then he knows he cannot go to the police. This is a normal thing, <laughs> For, and mm. this is this is at every level, every level goes right to the very top. So that is a kind of country. And then you say, well, they have this kind of complexes. They represent Russia. They are concerned about the future. You see, the thing is that you know China maybe because it's communist, and you, that is actually a more complex case because actually it's you know it's a different discussion. We really don't know well enough about Xi Jinping, but what Putin has created was a, is a gang regime, a real what they call a mafia regime. And to say that this, the concerns of this regime, are concerns of, uh, of Russia is just completely um, ridiculous. That is uh, one thing. The other thing is about uh, you know how much Russian Russians have um, and how much Russia can. Um, justification to regard Ukraine as um, as part of uh, Russia or something like that. 
Well, that, of course, requires knowledge of history of Ukraine. And the knowledge, there is very little knowledge of it in the West. It has, there's a completely distorted knowledge of, of it. Uh, the result is that it's very easy to, um, to believe Putin's claims that, for example, there was no, uh, Ukraine had no history of statehood, that there is no, um, no such um, country in the past, and so on, even he dared to say that the Ukraine's name comes from the borderland, the meaning borderland, not mentioning that it never meant borderland of Moscow, it is Russia. It referred to the, exactly the word comes from the border of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, the, mm. uh, of Poland. It, it was a the, principality of, of Lithuania at the time. And the, and the country that was, of course, the origin the whole origin of Russian history is in Kievian Rus, which was a very different state completely. It was a state that was um, that existed long time between between Moscovy. This was this state, which was actually quite uh, you know I don't want to go into detail history, but it was actually quite resembling the, what existed in Poland at the same time in the past. It was um, um, it uh, adopted different class Christianity from. Um, Byzantium instead of um, from Rome, like 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 the Polish princes did, they had a very similar similar type of structure. It is possible even that the Polish Polish state was also founded by Vikings. We we don't know that actually for sure because that's a theory that is controversial. But anyway, the point is that state was overrun, destroyed by the Mongols. It was the Mongols who overrun uh, Kievian Rus. Moscow was that time a very peripheral. State it rose to power because the Mongols didn't you know the Mongols didn't like to settle in these areas it was too cold and they they unlike in Iran and other places they didn't didn't like it so what they did was they they forced that they left the um, these princes of the Ruriki dynasty who ruled their own domains well, there was the old tradition that there was a grand prince great grand duke in Kiev and then there were these um, number of princesses, they had a complicated system, just like in Poland, where uh, it, it was not, uh, you know, the inherit succession was not by um, from father to son, but it went to the oldest survivor, surviving member of the family. So it caused constant, constant uh, fighting. And then the Mongols didn't settle there, but they established the, they forced all these princes to collect tribute for them. Mm -hmm. And then they, each of them had to come to uh, to Sarai, which was in Central Asia, this was the capital of Golden Horde, and then they received the the Siarmic, the kind of the... including the uh, canonized uh, Saint Alexander Nevsky, who yes, burned exactly. down uh, the Russian villages. They poisoned them. They had to perform very humiliating ceremony of submission. And this difference, the point is that this did not this and Moscow rose to greater and greater prominence because it was the most obedient executor of Mongol. Uh, Mongol um, tribute. It actually forced others, invaded, destroyed, and so on, those who refused to revenge. It was Ivan Kalita, who was the Mongol chief reinforcer, who became wealthy. And the point is that the big difference is that the rule, the Mongol rule over the western parts of what became Ukraine was much shorter lasting and much at, in, in, and had much lesser impact. These what happened was that relatively early on from the from Lithuania emerged these pagan Lithuanians who started driving out the Mongols 
and eventually they captured Kiev. That was still when still long time before Russia, while Russia was under the uh, Mongol uh, domination. The the Lithuanians. Uh, this was around uh, 1360, I think, or 13. Yes, in 1340, the territories that of, of current western western Ukraine, which never ever belonged to and was under Russian rule until the Soviets occupied. So Western Ukraine never in its history, not even one bit ever was ruled by Moscow. That part was first became part of the Polish. It was there was a of course a, a dukedom there. This dukedom um like everywhere one of those it was one ruled by Ruriki that was inherited by the Polish king <laughs> Kazimierz the Great and it became part of Poland. Um, that part stopped paying tribute to the Mongols in something like 1340. In 1360 or something around there, the Lithuanians captured Kiev. They married with the Kievian, um, I mean, the Gidiminis married with the Kievian princesses and they became the successors of, of Rus and created the country which they called the Grand Duchy of Lithuania because they became Grand Dukes. They took the title of Grand Duke from the Kievian princes, Duke, Grand Dukes. And this country was, in fact, the origin of uh, Belarus and uh, and Ukraine. That was the original country because, although it, the ruling class was Lithuanian, the Lithuanians were very few, and the great majority of the people were, which the people whom we now call Ukrainians and uh, Belarusian, but they were um, at that time just called the Rus, and the Mong and and Moscovy, Remained under Mongol under Mongol rule, and then, uh, then this uh, the problem. Well, it's a very long history, but the you know this Grand Duchy was a very peculiar state because it was ruled by pagan Lithuanians, but the population was um, Orthodox Christian, and eventually, for, after complicated stories, it joined into a union with Poland, a union, a personal union by by marriage of the. Uh, Lithuanian Grand Duke with the Polish with the Polish Queen, um, and a new United country was created, a, a dual monarchy, just like the a dual state, which was called Pol which is called Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth. And this state and 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 Ukraine was part of it together with Belarus uh, and so on. And so, for example, all these people, the Polish national poet, uh, greatest poet Mickiewicz, or um, Tadeusz Kościuszko, the uh, American hero of American War of Independence, all of them come from there. They come from you today. They they would be called Belarus, um, Belarusians or whatever. Well, Andrei, with uh, with, with okay. all respect, I just want to make sure that the uh, topic is still focused on the history today, even though the history oh. before is very okay. important so as well. What happened was that from the partitions, of, yes. So eventually, eventually, indeed, Russia occupies and takes over. Uh, Ukraine, and later it takes over by Belarus. Later, on, uh, in the partitions of Poland, they eventually the Polish part of the population is, is is eradicated after the Polish uprising, and Russia starts this policy of trying to assimilate this, this, this the, 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 the the population, try to convert it into to Russians, and of course, I mean that is the what the, the and actually, by the way. None of that even applies to Western Ukraine because Western Ukraine, after the, even the partitions of Poland, doesn't go to Russia; it goes to Austro-Hungary. So it actually uh, never, ever in its history belongs to Russia. Even Putin didn't doesn't claim it. 
Well, most uh, most recently with Eastern Ukraine, from what I understand, Stalin brought a lot of prisoners over there oh, yes, 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 to uh, to do the mining, and those are yes. the people who ended up staying around, who became the native Russians. But uh, more to the point, though, Andrei, th hardly any native Russians in the West. Yes. Yes, but I think what's uh, more important right now to find out the point that I was bringing up to uh, Scott earlier is if there is this, despite the corruption that we talked about in Russia, if there is still this fear that people who support Russia and the Russians themselves have of NATO coming closer and closer and closer in. What I want to find out here, and I would love to get Geo's input on this and Scott's input on this as well, is what exactly is this worst case scenario that people were bringing up on Twitter, that people are bringing up. So Geo, I don't know if you want to uh, come in here, and then I would love for Andre to uh, continue to answer specifically about that, uh, that point. What, what I'm confused. What particular point? Well, what well, what is the worst case scenario that people who are on Twitter and who are on your your side of the internet imagine would happen if, let's say, um, NATO uh, absorbs Ukraine, if it absorbs all the places around Total Russia? Total nuclear annihilation. Um, no, I I think that. Well, Scott said it the best. I mean, the the problem is that people are sort of ignoring the very legitimate concerns i mean also like to characterize i mean yeah russia is a gangster state but i mean ukraine equally is a gangster state if you look at the history of uh Zelensky and so forth but i think the biggest concern is that encroaching we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, that as well geo you can't just well, say yeah, that and the, the, you know no, and well, that fly. I mean, uh, there's a lot of well we'll, we'll get, get into, into it that. we'll get into it the problem i think is that if you take the sort of animosity that russia has towards nato and the encroachment of nato upon their border and also issues of resources and gas as well. Um, the fact that Crimea basically had to be taken in order for Russia to ensure its economic future. Uh, there's a number of various issues there. And the worst case scenario, of course, is if America does, you know, under the sclerotic, uh, insane, clownish, ridiculous regime of Baidong, uh, if his uh, senilic uh, regime ends up bombing Russia and bombing Russian infrastructure, sparking essentially world war three that would probably be like the no but that's not scenario. the sorry for the geo harassment that's not the right. worst case scenario i outline i'm specifically asking were russia to have remained as a peaceful nation just trading with other nations what would have been the worst case scenario as far see, as nato's reaction towards the, russia the predication on that is basically that can't happen with putin because they want regime change Washington and The Hague, they want regime change in Russia. They want to follow the, they tried to follow the pattern of color revolutions in Russia and its various client states. And that, that just can't happen unless Putler goes by the wayside. No, um, but if but if Russia is not doing anything bad, this is what's confusing me. If Russia right? is not invading its neighbors, what would be uh -huh. the justification for NATO to come in? And for NATO to do some kind well, of color it's revolution. In, it's, it's in, you know, because it's a dissident sort of political power and a bloc that's very important in terms of resource distribution and so forth. And they can't, uh, I mean, I mean, of course, there's always historical reasons why there's always animosity between Washington and the Kremlin. All right, I'll, I, I'll, throw a, I'll throw a freebie for you. I'll give you a free one. If you, if you well, can't, if you can't with... come up with one, they, they can get some group like the Kazakhs and they can say the Kazakhs are being oppressed and that'll no, they, make they, they uh, that, some intervention. They're doing that in Russia anyways. They're doing that with... Uh, various Brahmin caste identity groups that Putin is supposedly oppressing. I mean, they always, they'll find a reason, obviously. 
All right, so so basically what you're saying then is that, and Scott, uh, let me know if you agree. The reason that's being outlined here is that even if Russia were not to engage in any kind of war with any neighboring nation, then NATO and the West would find some reason to go, you know, to change the regime in Russia, which would then create a more Western-friendly regime, and that would be bad because... I, I don't know, but basically that that's well, the I don't know if right? it's bad, but I guess if we're arguing for Russia's interests, I mean, it's like if they're not doing anything bad, but it's like we're the arbiter of that. And we were encroaching on their sphere uh, before even they had the conflict with Georgia in 2008. I mean, th- this is th- we if we lived in an ideal world, yes, we could all just trade along and act peacefully. But unfortunately, we don't live in the ideal world. And all these things are going to happen. I don't know if you I mean, there is equal blame on this. You know, act, blame is can be attributed to both sides on this with both no, there and NATO. No, there isn't. And not only that, it's all completely. <laughs> if the whole thing is entirely, absolutely. No, I agree. It's entirely NATO that is. Russia. I agree with you. With that. Geo, Geo, what please. happened was is this. Actually, I could tell you. I, I mean, I was hoping to say to talk about something else and explain why. I mean, it's, it's, I wanted to explain the various theories that people had. And uh, about what was going on and 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 why they were wrong, but maybe uh, maybe this is different. But the basic thing that happened was simply this: uh, Putin actually really believed and convinced himself that that this is going to be extremely easy, and actually uh, that within two weeks they are going to they occupy the most of Ukraine, probably not intending to do the. The West, the Zelensky will run away immediately, as he was advised by, by the Biden administration, that they will, well, they will take Kiev and so on. And the West had imagined, idiotically, idiotically, that this Russian army is, which exists on paper, is actually this kind of power that they have been trying to scare people with, and the kind of they never took into account the fact that almost all, so I mean, if you follow my Twitter, you'd know that. That the money that they were supposed to spend on all these super weapons was stolen. That they already that they didn't that all these modern weapons and lots of things don't work. That the generals, that two generals just before, I mean, if if you if, something like a, two two maybe a week before the invasion, I wrote about this. In fact, on Twitter, two generals were sentenced to some years in prison for st- stealing some kind of uh, gigantic sum of money that was supposed to be sp- spent on this um, new technology for, um, for new weapons and so on. That Russia was assumed that they will immediately destroy Ukrainian, uh, this um, Ukrainian um, um, uh, anti-air force and anti-air force uh, these um, uh, what do we call PPTOW? I mean, I'm not sure how. It, what? Anyway, everything failed. They suffered enormous losses. Not only that, the Ukrainians turned out. The U.S. has completely underestimated the Ukrainian army, its spirit, its willingness to fight. No, I disagree. And I disagree. Absolutely, those are cooked up numbers. The and Russians are going strong. Well, well, I would also agree. Like, what, like, Andre... six, six million Russians <laughs> well, are dead by now. Well, no, well, that's ridiculous. You are talking complete uh, nonsense. The fact is that they have, they have, after one week of fighting, they have taken, they have taken one city of three hundred thousand people. One city. They have not done anything of the 
plan and there are and there are uh, the Ukraine and there the troops are not fighting the morale is very low the general has been killed at the very beginning early you know all those things you <laughs> declare to be <laughs> false Whereas actually, I mean, I, this information is coming. I from... think one thing we can all agree: it's hard to figure out the exact situation yes. here yes. on the ground. Exactly. But I think you know, we are also being inundated with Western propaganda saying there's like eight thousand Russians dead, or there was a new graphic like ten thousand Russians dead. We don't even know the figures. We all know we know is that there are encircling these the, cities. We know that the advance on Kiev completely got stuck. We know we can see. I don't know if completely oh, stuck. I mean. Oh, also, the thing you have to realize is Russia is going at, win at, at this at a limited oh. strike. I think when Russia thought that Ukraine would be collapsed immediately, I think their expectations were, I mean, there is stiff Ukrainian resistance, but they are continuing to advance. They are encircling these cities. Yeah, but, but I think we're well, a little bit... Well, well, well ladies and gentlemen, lady, ladies, didn't ladies, catch you wait, ladies and gentlemen, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going oh, right now. The train, the, yeah, the train is going... 40 million people, and it is being, and there is just huge... Look, every day from Poland, for the last few days, there were thousands of people, women and children coming out and there are two Ukrainian girls living just next door and there were thousands of men stuck on the border going in back to Ukraine they are not running away they are going in the border is stuck in both directions and there are and there are weapons being delivered the United States is now is now sending weapons and these are the kind of weapons that Russia doesn't have because because they built all these tanks <laughs> and of course, they and Europe for years and years was preparing to uh, to to fight Russia with um, anti mm. anti tank weapons. These are much superior weapons than any of this kind that Russia has. Mm. Um, so well, anyway, uh, Andres, uh, I just want to make sure that we don't go off uh, topic too much because the original okay, question. I mean, the, point yes. this, the point is this: the, Russia, the whole thing was a total <laughs> miscalculation. It was. A uh, miscalculation in which um, which put Putin in 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 very great trouble because uh, the whole all the oligarchs are losing in all and not only that look at the, what they are saying the plan what the plan I mean the whole and just too many things to say <laughs> the plan is now to transfer the whole civilization to the to Asia they are going to become Asians the, they are going they all the kids who have been who have been studying, all the elite, everybody is studying in uh, English schools, in, in um, English, British universities, American universities, they are all at Harvard and other places. All of them now have only one place to go because nobody else, well, they are going to go to University of Beijing. And if you know anything about China, because I lived in Japan for, uh, you know, for, for more than 20 years, and I actually have many Chinese students, and I know something about that. Then, if you if they ever go to China, they will find some. They will not like this experience. They will find the kind of. Um, uh, they will simply find that they find people who think they are quite superior to them, and who will not treat them that well. That is exactly what um, what it is like China. That's what what is experience of of foreign students in China. So I don't imagine that they will will like that. Mm. And that, but they intend to make a whole civilizational transform, transfer, move from Europe, a country that has been European country, to, to Asia. Mm. 
Uh, we're responsible not. for pushing knows. them towards China. I mean, Everybody we are the ones it. pushing them towards China. If we're worried about Russia falling we in the Chinese sphere, which I think... Everybody knows that the moment, and China knows, that the moment Putin is gone, which may be quite soon or later, but the moment he's gone, they are going to move back to Europe, and everybody knows what they will do. They will say everything is Putin's fault. You think this he, is all... nothing to do the with The next that. leader that everything's going to be forgiven, they're going to immediately move back to Europe. They're going they to end their... They will say Putin was a criminal. They will say, which is the kind of thing that always happens in Russia. They will say that it is nothing. We didn't support it. It was not. And we, and, and please, please, let's go back to the way things But that's to. all depending on whether there's regime change. I mean, Putin could be there for another 10, 15 years, or even oh, yeah. 20 yeah, years. And he, and he could have a successor, and then they could carry on with this. No. I think China, China is the much yeah. bigger threat because than Russia. And I think yeah. we're complaining yeah. about... Because pushing Russia to China, we need to say, like, well, I mean, they have no other option. We're like kicking their students out of our schools. We're isolating them. And then we're like, why are they going to China? Well, let's, I would love to get Anne. to China. That is the whole point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to let Anne speak. And then Gnostic has a point. But first, I got to let Anne, I got to let Anne in on this. So, Anne. And finally, it's your time. Finally, well. it's uh, it's your time to shine, Anne. And also, I would love to first of all hear from you the question that I asked to everybody earlier, which is, what do you think would be the justification for Russia as far as NATO is concerned? What would be their big fear were Russia to have just been a peaceful nation trading? Would they have encountered being an Iraq 2.0? Would they have encountered being some country where there's some excuse for reasons for intervention, even if they're completely peaceful, and then America would have gone in there and like, I don't know, what do you see? If you could be as best of a devil's advocate as possible okay. for the Can people who are concerned. Oh, hold on. Uh, speak right now. Okay. Do I have a mic? Do I yes. have a mic? Yes, I hear you. Yeah. Yes, good. I... You, Okay, good, excellent. Uh, I had a okay. First of all, I think the equivalence between Iraq and um, uh, uh, Ukraine is entirely different. Uh, Iraq, and you know, you can say that the Iraq War was a bad idea, and I believe that it was a bad idea. But the Iraq War was founded on a great deal of aggression that started on nine eleven. Uh, the uh, the Afghanistan and the Iraq War started because of that. So it's a really it's really different. I'm not saying that it was well you know well organized, well planned, uh, well motivated. But that no no I'd like not to be interrupted if if that's entirely possible. Um, and uh, the the other the other thing is that what the West wants out of a country like Russia that is peaceful is to trade with it. It was to trade with it. It's been already sort of furnishing it with the bulk of what many it has, which is uh, from from energy sources, because they don't export much in the way of industrial goods or tertiary goods. But what they want out of Russia is is essentially to have a, a, a law, a market, a traded partner, a, a better source of people to go and study in their universities. I mean, the sort of things that the that NATO wants. If you have looked at the composition of NATO, which is, I would like to, I'm not entirely sure of the number of nations of NATO. It's possibly 27, but I could be entirely wrong. Um, too close. But anyway, if you look at the composition of NATO, these are vastly different countries that it takes a great deal of time to decide to go in somewhere. And when the Americans actually 
tried into to get into into Iraq. They it took them some time and and a good deal of sort of fibbing the facts on in the UN. And still, there was the I don't think they NATO NATO uh, would ever have condoned condoned uh, that war if there hadn't been the horror, the shock of 9/11 and and the discovery that there was the, uh, the the West was was vulnerable in a way that looked like a war attack. I mean, we were seeing now universities being destroyed in Kharkov, Kharkiv by cruise missiles. But, but again, missiles. just to play devil's advocate, uh, we all, somebody remember, we all remember. Mm. We all remember Oh, just to play devil's advocate, somebody, let's say in the future, could, assuming Russia would have just remained some peaceful power, they would have done some kind of a false flag in Russia where there would have been some separatists who wanted their own nation, and then it would have looked like uh, the Russian government cracked down on them. So I'm just being really a devil's advocate right now for some kind of a possible what, intervention for what peaceful Russia. the point? What would be the point? What would I don't know. be the point? Okay, so so Scott, Why? if we are if I mean, we are taking, I mean, Why? I think there's some evidence we should back some of the Chechen separatists at times. I mean, and that's long yeah. before Putin became this main villain in in Western history. I mean, we uh, essentially the West fear. You know, a and lot of people in Europe and even America. Oh, oh please, I, I want to make sure that Scott, yes. Wait, wait, Scott, can you repeat that point again? Yes. I would say this, like, from the point is that for there's a lot of legitimate reasons for this, but Europe and America don't want a strong Russia. I mean, we would like to peace with peacefully trade with them, but a lot of Russians, I mean, even though Andre made the point that, you know, Putin doesn't represent Russia, that he only represents his own corrupt uh, friends and, and cohorts. I mean, of course, there's a lot of corruption in Russia, but as as Gio noted, there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine as well. I mean, Zelensky's hat has offshore accounts as well. It as is documented the same level. We have like to, a lot of Russians. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Again. I want to make and, sure that Scott's point is addressed about the equalization. We will get to that point later. But first, Scott, please continue. And then we're going to get to that point you mentioned about whether they're equal or not. But please continue. I mean, a lot of Russians, whether it's the political elite, you can argue whether the the 80% of the people actually agree with this, but the people who actually run the country and a lot of sentiment among the people feels that they want a great Russia again, that they want to be a world power again. They do not like being the second rate power and being, you know, playing second fiddle to the West and letting the West just run over them. I mean, you have to think is that in, in 1999, Russia felt it was a huge humiliation that the West just went in and bombed Serbia over the Kosovo strike without bother even bothering to ask Russia. Whether that was correct or not, that's a mistake. <laughs> that's long in the past, but Russia felt that as a deep humiliation. So as them just as a peaceful trading that they don't really have any effect over world affairs, that the rest of the world directed by America could do whatever they want, such as in 2011 where we bombed Libya, even though Russia had its own concerns about that. They really don't like being this like power that has no say in the world. And, you know, the way the world, I mean, in an ideal world, everyone just get along. We wouldn't have to worry about that, but that's not the world we live in. Well, people are ignoring the fact, I mean, Putin actually said this in his Empire of Lies speech, which I think is, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's one of the greatest speeches ever made by a statesman in the 20th century, but 21st century. But uh, How embarrassing. How, Lev, did he not say exactly 100% all the issues he pointed out to are right? Why is the West promoting anti-nature ideas that lead to the degeneration of a people from within? Because Putin is paying for those ideas to be spread in the West in order to demoralize it. What? Next. 
Now, what, I want to yeah, go yeah, back yeah, to yeah, what yeah, Scott yeah, was yeah. talking about. No, 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 one point. Putin is doing that? Did, so Putin is funding Black Lives Matter? Yes. Yes. And yes. Yes. Oh, what? No, 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 no. Yes. Putin's funding both the left and the right, Gio. You've got something. Can I, can I, can I go? Yes, please, please go on. Please go on. Oh and can I can I go into this? Yes, please do. Yes. Yes. Uh, left. Yes. 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 Right. Uh, it's this is not new. If, right if, if you remember yeah. all those movements, If you remember those movements in the 70s and 80s that were pacifists that had the slogans like "Better Red Than Dead," that found miraculously. Uh, tens and hundreds of buses to take them to massive demonstration against uh, missiles on the on the soil of Germany. Who do you think paid for those buses? Who do you pay, think paid for a number of intellectuals to, 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 to publish books? Uh, this has gone on with more modern ways, but Putin has been funding any kind of movement that uh, tries to sort of break the work in the West into little pieces. One of those things has just been closed is RT television. And the whole point of RT television, I have appeared on RT television. If I may finish, if I may finish, RT television is, uh, is it was essentially something where all you had to do is to find a topic that proved that the West was falling apart and to demoralize the world. And that is funded and that is very well funded and it's existed. It's a, it's a Soviet tradition before it was a, a, a current Putinist tradition for all I know and probably knows more than I do. It was also something that the Tsars occasionally did. And one of the, the great things that the Tsars paid, Tsars paid for, I think not much, was the Protocols of the Elders of Zion at that time. It is entirely written by a member of the Okrana. So, you know, the whole idea that you have a propaganda system that will do part of the, the sapping the, the, the foundations of a society that you want to attack in various ways, or just compete against with, with unfair means, have, it's an old tradition. And if you don't think that the, there is a great deal of funding for all those parties, you're going to be very surprised. Actually, no, I, if I mean, Putin actually, actually falls, we might hear about I that. agree with so. Anne's point about the, the influence of the Soviets on the European left and during yeah, the Cold yeah. War. That is, that is true. There are elements there. But that is, and even though Russia has tried to influence the far left in more recent times, that's not the case. They have zero influence over Black Lives Matter, and they have they don't even have that much influence over the far right. The Chinese the far have left, a better record of the most of that hates Russia, Russia. And the only type of far left people they can get on RT or oh, any other type of Russia oh, outlet is just somebody who like has is not that influential or is irrelevant to the left. I mean, if they're really they, when I used to go when I used to watch RT way back in the day. I mean, nobody. I mean, RT is not even on cable providers anymore. It's not that important in America. You know, they, the people they would bring back are like these aging 80-year-old anti-war demonstrators from the 60s. People have no more influence over the, over the left as it exists today. And even in the 60s, a lot of the Soviet influence was a little bit Stop. overstated. They, they in, bring in Cornell in, West in America. Like they thought yeah. the FBI thought the SDS was funded by the Soviets and had a strong ties with the Soviets, and it turned out that that wasn't necessarily the case. Now in Europe, they definitely had a, a strong influence over the far left, and a lot of these countries like Finland and particularly closer to the Soviet or closer to the Russia, they this far left still has connections to Russia, but in America and most of Western Europe. That's no longer the case. And to blame Black Lives Matter on Russia 
is a little far fetched. I, I don't think that's. I want to. I want to. I want to hear from Anne. The leftist. The leftist on Russia today. I remember, and I, as Scott, I was also watching at the time. They were basically anti-war leftists. They were against the Bush administration, and then later Obama. Uh, they were basically like you know your Abby Martins. You're kind of bordering on conspiracy theory stuff. But they, uh, I mean, mm. if you want to talk about the woke stuff, I mean, probably Al Jazeera had a better hand in. Uh, well, let's well let's Jazeera confirm from Anne because Anne, you uh, were one actually. One final point: the American okay. State Department has a much bigger influence over the modern far left than Russia does. I, That's the only point I want to make. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it with Anne. Anne, since she was on RT, and I don't think anybody else here was, I would like to hear from Anne's actual, you know, right from the, uh, you know, right from the source uh, point of view on this. And then I would love to hear from Andre as well. So go on, Anne. On what? On uh, whether the RT people... On RT, they... Yes. Go on. On RT, they shape absolutely every topic. They get the big they get the quotes they will if you give them uh, an interview that is taped they will edit the quotes so that it works and the topics will be entirely chosen for one thing which is to show that the west is decadent the west is weak the west is stupid the west doesn't work and it's it's not even the mo the main the main weapon but the idea that uh, for instance when marine le when, when marine le pen the the presidential candidate who probably will be in the runoff of french presidential election on 24th of April, uh, could not get a bank loan in France, she went to a Russian bank. And she's been strangely quiet about Putin now. Her competitor, uh, Eric Zemmour, who I don't think got Russian money, basically because his candidacy was so recent, uh, did not get Russian money. And he did not understand the way that the virtues of silence at a time when, when nobody was interested in Putin. But the, the influence of, of these people have existed since uh, basically since days of the commentary. But, sure but specifically, but and, and just, just so we're just so we're focused on the, the particular thing, just so we're focused on the particular thing, and then I want to move on. If we're talking about the BLM, Black Lives Matter leftists, if we're talking about the woke leftists, the point that Scott and Gio were bringing up is that these are not to be found on RT or any other Putin propaganda source. Is that the That's case both. or not? No, of course. I mean, I think there are many ways of funding people and helping people. There are entirely different ways. And what you do sometimes, you only nudge people. And, and, and they do most of the heavy lifting on their own. It's the entire theory of the useful idiots, you know. They, you, you, you start something going, it goes well, and then you just let them do it. Um, it's uh, it's, yeah, it's not necessarily a... done with RT. RT is one of the many weapons they have. Yeah, look at 4chan. But I want to get to uh, Andre's oh, opinion. 4chan is Russian up now. Very... Let's Black see. Up. Red Scare Girls, 4chan. Yes. yes. I, I do agree that Russian. larger forces are backing Black Lives Matter, but you can find them on Wall Street, not in the Kremlin. <laughs> I'd say I'd yeah. say they're, that they're both. But anyway, I want to go back to the original this subject. Is true. Yes. That, no, that is true as well. well I want to go back to the action from the actual yeah. conflict. I think, yes. Yes. To, yeah. So go. So going back to the actual conflict right now. The uh, situation, again, from the people who are looking at Putin favorably is, like uh, Scott was talking about before, they don't want a Russia to be this weak power. They want Russia to be a strong power. So even if we take the, hip uh, the hip hypocrisy and the uh, 
criminal activity that's going on in Russia. What do you think? And then I want to go to the equalization that Scott made between Russia and Ukraine. But before we get to the equalization argument, oh, and Scott, how much time you have? Because I know you had uh, you had an hour. I can I can stay out for a little bit. All right, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Conversation's still going strong. Hell yeah. Yeah, I will have to leave quite soon because it's Mm. it's Andrej, before you leave, then I would love to address that uh, other question that Scott brought up. So Scott, you said that Russia and Ukraine in terms of its levels of corruption were equal. Andre, would you agree with that uh, assessment? Well, the point is that in Russia, okay, (laughs) there's enormous difference between the usual corruption that you have uh, in all over the world and some countries more and others that is just uh, bribery, doing favors with somebody and stuff like that. And actually murdering people, taking their property by force, throwing them prison, and even when they are actually government ministers because they because they stand in the way of somebody uh, or refuse to, to refuse to sell, refuse and uh, at the price that is fixed and so on. It's a completely different type of um, absolutely different thing. For you, I mean, if you're talking murder or, for example, or dishonesty, bribery and so on, well, all of them are the same thing. No, they are not the same. In Ukraine, presidents change. They lose elections. They cannot kill their rivals. They cannot, the people cannot, they have genuine courts, which actually will not find you guilty when the, when Zelensky decides that you are, they will, you will not be sent, put it before a kangaroo court. They will, and then for no, absolutely, under no charges, I mean, completely imaginary charges sent to to uh, a prison in which actually people are tortured and they are tortured, sexually tortured, when, and that is, these things are turned into films which are then sold, and this is, all these things that go, go on in Russia, then nothing like this goes on in Ukraine. That is not only that, I mean, there is the, uh, uh, they don't assassinate people, they don't assassinate people abroad, they don't assassinate people in their own country. Absolutely, the comparison is outrageous. I mean, it's not not only wrong, it's more than wrong. It shows a kind of amorality about the, I mean, morality which actually is kind of disgusting. And I mean, that's how I feel about this, uh, my participation here. Actually, I feel genuine disgust. So I really don't, um, I mean, I have to leave anyway because it's 10 o'clock, but I'm as say that I really uh, just uh, I'm not suitable I think for, for for appearing on this kind of show simply I'm not a journalist and I'm not a, a political analyst I um, I found myself here kind of partly against my will and I don't really think that um, I, I I really I don't really even want to have uh, particularly more Twitter uh, followers so it's not actually um, so Andre, I mean, Andre, if yeah. I can, if I can have any reply to that, I think one of the reasons why uh, I uh, love the fact that you are here is that you are somebody with actual experience uh, in life, somebody who could point out things that other people may be missing. I think the fact that you don't want to kind of like a f- force against your will in a way to be on a show like this. Uh, it's sad that that is uh, the case because I genuinely feel the more people like you speak up the more you know people will actually know because a lot of people don't know and it's a big problem 
Well, yes, of course, it's true. I mean, hey, you know, a lot of things, you know, I'm not, not young anymore, and my often feeling, and, you know, I mean, I probably people don't know. I, I always often find that, uh, you know, people misrepresent who I am because, of course, I, I never... I mean, after all, I'm a mathematician, and I'm on, and I'm not, and even people think that I'm I'm Polish or something like that. And but actually, I spend most as much time living in Japan as in Poland. So it is not, and I've lived here only for ten years, and my connections here are not very strong. So it is actually completely different from what you, what people imagine. I, the most important thing, however, was that I lived under a communist regime. I lived under dictatorship. I I left in. And I know what it is like. And I know what is Russia because I've been interested in following Russia from childhood. You know, I, when I was born uh, in my house, the, when I was born, uh, my, my home was full of volumes and volumes of uh, Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin in, in Russian and Polish. And there was a great Soviet encyclopedia. And I learned Russian when I was about the same time when I learned Polish because I wanted to read the only encyclopedia encyclopedia we had in the house. So I have been following these things uh, essentially from then. And then, um, and then uh, I just find that uh, most of the things that people say, uh, I don't feel like arguing with them because I feel that I've, I've already done this before. All of this is just repetition. It's the same, the same arguing. Of course, they take in a different version. In those days, they were about the Soviet Union and about how it is misunderstood, how it has all these fears uh, that are the result of uh, this and that and historical thing. And now they are just the same, just this is uh, in a different version. So my own thing is that, you know, I leave it to other people. I don't feel like myself that it's, it's just basically, basically going through the same process that I already grew um, out of. I, uh, I understand. I know, but, but I think yes. that's the problem, though, is that you're conflating the Soviet Union with current... Russia today. No, I'm referring your argument. It's a different entity that's supporting Russia. Like you, (laughs) the kind of arguments that you use. This this is the kind, this is what is similar. This. I I just don't, I fail to see the difference between what the State Department does every single day and what Russia does. I just, I don't. Well, I do, do. that is the point. But but you are saying exactly the same thing as as people said, exactly the same thing. No, no, I could, I could understand. Yeah. I'd like to make a point here, Lev. Please. Go, Go on, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I felt increasingly embarrassed to hear the arguments that were levied that basically are sort of, you know, uh, media sphere, Twitter sphere uh, arguments uh, that were brought into a discussion that is about something that's, you know, fairly uh, serious. I was in Moscow in May of 19, 2019. I was at a conference where uh, with French and, and British and, and German uh, uh, politicians and and, uh, uh, leaders uh, talking with Russians. We met people of Putin's staff. They had studied at this wonderful university, which produces the very competent people who can work for Putin, called Ngimo. And frankly, I mean, you could talk with them, you could disagree with them from start to finish, but there was constructed thought based on on, on sort of a strategy. Uh, even though Putin himself and his his kleptocratic colleagues, uh, and I agree with Andrew uh, with Andrej, have absolutely no other vision than uh, uh, profiteering. At the same time, at least you had constructed thought, even when you disagreed. I think 
Uh, when Emmanuel Macron, the French president, went to Moscow uh, the first time in 5th of February, and uh, he came, he spoke with uh, Putin for five hours, he went nowhere because Putin had already plans mapped out for several weeks, and uh, he came out and he gave a press conference, and after the press conference, I wasn't there, but some of my colleagues were there, uh, uh, the, the journalists chatted with the people who were there, including Sergei Lavrov, who's the foreign minister of Russia. And at one stage, Lavrov, uh, who was chatting with someone, grabbed a, a mandarin from, from a fruit basket on the table and he showed it. And he told one journalist who told me, you see this mandarin, if I tell you that it's blue, it's blue. And at that time, it was pretty obvious that uh, Putin wanted to attack uh, Ukraine for because the, the the reasoning was entirely different, but at least it was constructed. And, and here, basically, we're, we're mo more or less having opinion. But uh, I don't think we can we can we can use just a sort of you know, wonderful comparisons between the State Department and, and, and a democratic country like the United States, which has massive failings uh, and 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 the the situation of one dictatorship essentially slicing into neighboring countries because it started in Georgia it's been in other ways the Lithuanians have already heard things the uh, the, the Belarusians are a, a, a satellite and therefore they probably will escape but we're, we're not talking about the same situation I think the, the the discussion has gone into a way that it should not have it's 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 argument uh, on based on on essentially uh, 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 judgment, but it's not argument based on information, and I, I, I feel myself. I, I, I feel pretty sort of uh, annoyed uh, uh, to some extent. Well, what is that, well, um, what, what exactly that. is the problem? I mean, Scott laid out a bunch of points about the motivation of Russia. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what's so egregious here. Yeah, what I mean, is the information I, lacking? Where do you get where do you get your motivations from Russia? Uh, do you read Russian? Where do you get your money? You Are you trying to say I'm paid by the Kremlin? What? Like, I think that, is that what you're trying what? to apply? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Nobody's accusing anybody of being paid. I'm trying to that you don't know what you're talking about. Why don't I know what I'm talking I'm about? I'm serious about this. I'm, I'm bringing out you information. You don't know what you're talking about. You're trying about. to claim that Russia is funding Black Lives Matter, which is such a ridiculous claim. I actually, never said no, black no, 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 no. She's matter, never said Black Lives Matter. We were talking about leftists. Like, hold on, please, everybody. All right, right, hold on. Like, it's no longer the Cold War. I think that's the big. The, there seems to be no. It's a hot war. Driving motivation. Well, no, no. I mean, there seems to be a motivation between the sort of like older boomer liberals that want to like. Now it's like a liberal, like anti-Cold War. It's like the John Birch Society has basically gone towards. Uh, I don't know. Classical, no, but like, what are if we step back a little bit? Guys, what are the? Not everyone yeah. is American. Not no, everyone is American. Not everyone built the cultural wars of the Americans on international situations. And that's exactly what you're doing from the safe place of America behind your computers. I'm really sorry about this, but that is what I feel. I don't think you know what you're talking about. I feel like Andre right now. That we're Americans that we can't have an opinion on this? It's not a matter of not having an opinion. It's a matter of, hold on, Gio, Gio, hold on. I haven't spoken at all. I haven't spoken at all here. So I think it's about time for me to uh, speak a little bit. And I definitely appreciate everybody being here, but it's time for me to speak. Okay, so number one, 
I am not saying anybody at all is working for Russia by any means. What I am saying, though, is I think that there are certain bubbles that start to appear in any community where there are certain things that are more convenient to think than others. For example, I've noticed that there's a lot of concentration on posting things having to do with, oh, look at all these memes that are from the Marvel movies. And the idea there is... Why would you ever associate yourself with supporting Ukraine if all of these cringe posters that are talking about the Avengers are you also mean, like, supporting? Yeah, are also are also posting about the, the, Ukraine. So the idea, the hold on, Geo, 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 please, please. The idea there is that I think that the actual values that people have, as far as what happens when the sovereign nation gets attacked by a different nation. All that kind of goes out the window. I think it may be multiple levels of this internet irony that are playing a role here. But as a result, what you have is um, this ability to excuse something that's going on right now that if you were to ask like my personal uh, situation here, I do have extended family who are living right now in Ukraine who are currently being shelled by bombs there. I didn't really want to bring that part of it up because I don't think it's pertinent to this stream, but it's kind of like you, you kind of got it out of me here because the idea there is like you have all these people who, like uh, Anne said, from the safety of their home who have absolutely zero, like Scott and Geo. I think that you guys have nothing to worry about. I think that you're absolutely safe. Nobody oh, gonna, know, nobody's going to hunt you. Nobody, there's no gonna be, there's not going to be any uh, secret secret no. police that's gonna go after you and i think that yeah, because yeah. and i think that because yeah. of that safety there is this tendency to forget that there are parts of the world that are far from that to such an extent that when you equate ukraine and russia together and when you equate whatever corruption goes on in the united states with russia I think you're completely, uh, with all due respect, I think you're completely out of your element. The reason that I brought on Anne today and the reason why I brought on Andre is they have a different perspective when it comes to a lot of these things and the perspective that I genuinely believe so many people who are in the 4chan, uh, let's say extremely online sphere, they are totally devoid of that. They have had no experience with these people at all. I, I, I want to have a rebuttal. I understand where it. your point is coming from. Like, if I was Ukrainian, I would have a completely different perspective on this. But we are Americans. And I actually do think, yes, we are safe. But that is also a point we need to make, is that we Americans and even most Western Europeans, actually all Western Europeans, are safe from Putin while we're while our media and when we talk about the marvelization and these memes like yeah we make fun of them and a little bit too much of people like oh this is too cringe we shouldn't associate this but this is the mindset that's now animating a lot of the, our politicians and a lot of people who make these public policy and a lot of our media who present this to the American public and this is how the comic book world we a lot of Americans see through this and how they're going to interpret this conflict so instead of seeing this as you know, this is a terrible situation. We understand that there are many people, innocent people getting hurt by this in a situation that we should have solved through diplomacy. But a lot of Americans are now seeing this as a, through a comic book world vision where there's like this evil tyrant who's about to take over the world and like nuke us all. And we have to do everything possible to end this evil when, right. you know, we should have adults in the room to figure out like they have problems with each other. We need to figure out a way to reach a sensible peace. But instead through the marvelization of the media, people are wanting Ukrainians to like not reach a sensible peace deal and America's telling them not to in order to create more pressure on Russia and to get Russia bogged down in a conflict where they could eventually have, they think they can make regime change. And that's in my opinion, what's happening a lot of here. Exactly. What I mean, the, there's uh... like different perspectives. I appreciate different perspectives. 
I appreciate I, different perspectives. I think too. everyone understands this is a terrible conflict here. We're not trying. No, to but here, but line. here's the problem. You're talking about this as being just like this general. Oh, it's terrible that people are dying. To me, it's not really that. And to the people who are saying that, oh, Lev is so slimy by well, appealing what, what to emotions. I will. I will emotions. explain. I will. Let, I will me, let me ask you something. Let me on. ask you before we right. go on. Let me ask right. you. All right. Now, I think Scott has been laying down a lot of facts. He's been very respectful, and I think it's frankly a tragedy that people are leveling stuff against me and Scott. Now, me and Flight Astro, my good friend, we did this amazing space yesterday uh, where we talk, cover Virilio and Bojard. It's going to be on my channel. But you yourself, Lev, you said something very interesting. You said that Russia has no right to go into Ukraine to destroy their military infrastructure that threatens them, right? Yes. You said to me on this panel a few months ago, on that particular nation in the Middle East that you're fond of, you said that the settlements in the West Bank are good. Because Hamas can put rockets up on there and point it at Tel Aviv. Is not the Russians doing the same argument, saying that if we don't go in there, NATO is going to put rockets near Moscow? It's interesting that you bring that up, Gio, because Russia is using the exact same tactics of the uh, Palestinians in Gaza, where they bring their fighters over to eastern Ukraine, they go into public buildings, and they surround those buildings, and they fire from those buildings, basically causing a firefight, where the actual people who are both Russians and Ukrainians who live in eastern Ukraine, they get along splendidly, there's no problem from any of them towards anybody else. And then you have people who are paid by the Russian government to go in there and sow chaos. That is the definition of the same tactics that are being used by the uh, Gazans. That's, that's so, pure speculation. That no, it's not, Geo. These are things so you can actually find out. Using various groups in Ukraine that to advocate against Russia. Is that any different? Which like, are the group? No, because which are the groups that you're talking about here, Geo? I'm what saying groups? that. Okay, so let's let's bracket the fact that Zelensky said that he wanted to put nukes in Ukraine two weeks before. I believe that, that I I agree with Coach Redpill that that was probably the final straw for Putin. He wasn't going to invade until that. But I'm G saying that it's the same. Geo Putin You're saying they have says no himself, in, but when the Israelis do it to the West Bank. That's perfectly fine. Uh, Geo Putin said himself that he wants to resurrect the USSR. But beyond that, but we have to look at Do you think that the... they should put nukes in the Ukraine then? Should NATO put nukes in the Ukraine then? NATO Is that should... not a threat to Russia? First of all, there was a deal that was structured after the USSR fell where Ukraine And they was... violated that deal. Hold on, Geo, 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 Geo. Geo, please. There was a deal that was struck where Ukraine was supposed to, and it did, give all of its nukes after the USSR fell in exchange for an agreement that Russia will never encroach upon its territory. That was the deal. It was a stupid decision, I think. I think that they should have kept the nuclear weapons, and then we would not be in the situation we are right now. But to the point that you were talking about earlier... When it comes to self-defense, because when Scott was bringing up this, uh, you know, oh, it's bad when people die. Yes, I mean, no shit, it's bad when people die. That's not the point. The point is, is that we tend to equate when a country goes into another sovereign country that has not done any invasion towards this, that has not done anything bad towards Russia... That has been peaceful. It go except of course for those situations where you have fighters that are hired by the Kremlin who are going in there and sowing oh chaos. My God, so except for that, Geo, please let me let me speak right now, buddy. Let me speak. So as a result, what you have is you have this uh, 
country that goes into a country that did not attack it. And people are equating that with various often, you know, very bad situations where America and other countries have to intervene in this Middle Eastern uh, hellholes where there's a lot of problems going on. And I'm not saying that what America does there is great. But the fact that you're equating this, the fact that you can't take a step back and take a look at there's a country that's being invaded right now by this other power. Why do you think parts of the world like Poland, for example, who are not paused or whatever word you may use here, who are people who actually believe in Catholicism, unlike a lot of the LARPers who are within your bubble, they're the ones who are also standing up towards Ukraine because they understand what it's like to be ruled by people who have absolutely nothing to give you but turn your life into a complete hell. These people, like the Ukrainian people, they don't want to live under this government and i don't understand what is what is the hard thing to understand about that why do we even talk about the united states nato we don't actually talk about do, the ukrainians good half of them are we don't we don't even talking about we're not even talking about what the ukrainians want and as far as the ethnic russians i'll tell you what the ethnic russians want the ethnic russians want to live in peace with the ukrainians with the uh, all the other people who are there you know so i don't understand where all this is coming from but Anne, i would love to hear what you have to say It's, um, what can I say? Well, I've been to Ukraine several times. Uh, I have friends right now in Ukraine. Uh, I, you know, there was, you, you have places in, 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 in Eastern Europe, uh, in, uh, in the Balkans, in other places in Eastern Europe, where you've got ethnic conflict between minorities. You've got places that have been, most of the, the borders there were sort of shaken up in 1920 after the Second World War, and some countries who were on the wrong side lost, and some countries won, and the people who changed nationality without asking for it are unhappy. That actually was not the case in Ukraine. Uh, there was said that there's another and much more difficult you know, a problem between Ukraine and the Russians, which is that in 1931-32, uh, about 4 million Ukrainians, conservative estimate, were starved by Stalin. This is something that people remember, and it's very normal that they should remember. But in terms of ethnic Russians and, 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 and Ukrainians, there are far more problems and friction than there are, there are for instance, between ethnic Hungarians in the southern, southern part of uh, Ukraine than there exist, than the, the, than there exist with, with the Ukrainians than the, the others exist between the Russians. They are close and they are, you know, and the, the if you say, oh, but they're Russian, they, they speak Russian and therefore uh, they are pro-Russia. Well, do you think the Irish are pro-London? I mean, in, the, Irish, in, 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 I the, the North them. Irish are uh, pro-London, pro but that's a particular thing that's been going on there. But as, yeah. far, but as far as Ukraine, I could but even what, talk, what would yeah. happen if, if the Soviet, let's say this is the Cold War or even Russia. Well, let's say that Russia decided to put nukes in Ireland or try to weaponize Ireland to make it an anti-British state. I don't think the British would like yeah, that Cuba's very Cuba's a good example. The Cuban Missile Crisis. Yep, Cuba. Yeah, so we don't like this in our sphere. Like, we we get mad if, like, Russia or if an enemy, like, let's say China went into Mexico and China had its own military alliance like NATO. And then it's like, oh, we're going to bring in Mexico into this and we're going to put weapons right at the border with us. America wouldn't like that. I mean, I like if I was Polish or Ukrainian, I'd have a completely different perspective on this. But as America, this is what I'm looking at this situation is that we're trying to prevent war and chaos. And unfortunately, we were hyping up Ukraine 
in a way that it was in a way that was clearly provoking Russia. We should have had peace come at the hand. And I know, like you're saying, like well, we can't say it's terrible because, I mean, I understand that you have people have relatives there and friends in there. But it's like this is what the perspective we're coming at it this from. And there are so many terrible things that that happen in the world. We're backing Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen right now, where they're bombing civilians and killing people left and right. And we are not like having memes being shared around the world about that's, how uh, terrible that, it is that's Saudi that's that's not Arabia. great either. But you have to but you but have to admit, like, Scott, that's our own policy. While we're pretending that the that no, Russia no, 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 is no, the no, worst no. thing happening in the world, it is the worst thing that's happening in the world right now. Because why, you're talking, I'll tell, I'll tell you why. Because these hell holes. Like I'll tell you, Gio, I'll tell you, If we're talking about if we're talking about absolute deference from Russian troops towards the civilians, if we're talking about, can you not admit, Lev, that the Russians are treating the civilians quite well? No, if we're no, if we're talking about okay, if we're talking okay. hold, on, hold on hold on please please no, if, you're no, if you're talking about he's actually like Mladic, he's gonna go Gio, in there and Gio, just slaughter them you're all, living right? you're living he's in a bubble okay but hold on hold on if we're talking about places in the middle east which have seen conflict since uh, you know 1000 bc these are places who have a different standard and it's a shame that this has happened europe to them has well. seen conflict since 1000 bc i mean we i mean world and War no and here's is, why not and here's why not a lot of let me lifetime. let me break it down let me break it down <laughs> scott the reason why not is because i believe that there is a certain thing called western civilization i've noticed that a lot of people especially who are who are very, let's say, antagonistic towards a lot of Western values, if we're talking about uh, equality before the law, if we're talking about separation of powers, all that stuff. A lot of people who are probably watching this hate it because they grew up really spoiled. They don't know what it's like to live on the other side. So they really hate all of these, uh, all of these structures that we have anyway. I think that the realm that they're going into right now is more of this Asiatic realm. It's more of this Eastern realm of the kind of policies where a lot of these things fly out the window. You have this, you know, brave, noble leader, even though Putin's sitting in some bunker right now. And you have this ideal of, you know, sacrificing everything for the state. So anyway, the reason why I'm saying this, Scott, is when it comes to a country like Ukraine, Ukraine has been able to integrate itself into this Western idea as much as it could, despite all the problems it has, despite the oligarchs that it still has. The only difference is that there has been an opportunity right now, which is slow, it's not going to happen in a day, for people to be able to rise up against these oligarchs through the process of using the law, through the process of courts, judges. Again, all these things a lot of people here hate. So the reason why I'm saying this is the Middle East is fucked. The Middle East, unfortunately, it's going to take a long while for a lot of these processes to come online. So when we're talking about people who have already tasted freedom, who have already tasted the ability to live in such a way where it's going to be very similar to how a lot of people are living here, uh, things that they take for granted once again. When that comes under threat, to me, I think that that is a pretty big deal. And that's why I do differentiate between, let's say, the conflicts that are very unfortunate that are going on right now in the Middle East and the specific conflict in Ukraine. Well, I mean, the, the standard that you're saying is that Ukrainians have more freedom than Yemenis, so... I, we, like, I would say this, like, the point I'm bringing up about the Saudi Arabia in, in, in Yemen is more that there are so many terrible things in the world that we're even backing. And then we hear we have on the moral grandstanding when it comes to Ukraine. There, of course, there's obviously, ter I mean, I'm not even going to say that because yeah. you don't like even me bringing up that point. But it's like if the standard that Ukraine is worse than Yemen is because Ukraine has more freedom, I, 
I'm going to, frankly, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That is just a subjective category that we can't even comprehend. And that's just saying like, well, Yemen, you don't have democracy. So it's okay if we, if, if you get bombed, well, that's just shit happens. But Ukraine, you have a real democracy, even though, you know, the last president is they, currently they killed being journalists persecuted too. by the current government. And do you want to uh, get in on this? They killed journalists too. And someone said on Twitter, I mean, well, I, it's not to the same extent. Like, I mean, the equivalency between Russia and Ukraine, obviously, when Russia possible. has got more problems in its government, well, to put it to say the least. But it's not like saying that Ukraine is a sh shining city on the hill. It's got tons of corruption. There are cases of journalists being possibly murdered by people connected. By powerful people there they are Who? you know they are trying Who? to suppress name, the name russian one name a journalist trying to suppress the russian language and a lot of the no 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 name, name the, a journalist and a lot I of understand. people and a lot of the people in the donbass feel that they're being that they are being persecuted well name name a journalist that is, who's minority, being persecuted. that is not the majority scott please name a journalist Please name what? a journalist You're who's been persecuted I, by well, the Ukrainian well, well, regime. Scott has been interrupted the most this stream. I can't even thought. say. I can't even pronounce these names. I can't even. I can't, well, try. No, no. But you, you got it from a certain source. Up, yes, we know. The figure. Yeah, please, please look it up because well, if you're well, saying no, things Scott like that, they have to be back. Are you saying that there are even during Maidan? I remember cases that there were mysterious reportings of like reporters being come out and murdered. Now, some of those people might have been done by the previous government. I, but it's also in this case. Like Ukraine is not necessarily this model democracy where it's like, oh, well, at least they have courts and justice. Like they do have that in Russia as well. It's not like just like Putin can immediately hit the kill button and it's like this person is executed on the street. Now, of course, there are a ton of like people who have been arrested and persecuted for various reasons. And even the oligarchs that they're bringing up as like saying these are political persecutions. A lot of them were guilty of the things that they were brought up on. The problem is that they didn't charge other oligarchs who were guilty of these crimes as well, but they were just targeting the people they thought as enemies of Putin. But the, like, if you're looking at Berezovsky and uh, the other guy with a K, that I, I can, I'm, of course, terrible with these Russian names. But those people were guilty of the crimes that they were sent to jail for. They were just particularly targeting them for political reasons. Well, and what do you Oles think? Buzina was a pro-Russian journalist killed in 2015. PCSS in the chat. Thank you. That is one name. So uh, there you go. Olyev Buzina. Okay, I'm going to take a look at him. But uh, Anne, what do you think? I missed that entirely. So there was a gentleman named I, I missed that entirely. I, you know, I don't... Go on. Name what? There was this uh, gentleman named Oleg or Olyev Sorry? Buzin. Well, the connection's a little bit off, but anyway, oh. and I'm going to let you speak. Uh, just uh, let me know what you think, regardless of the uh, journalist right now. Just in general, the point Scott was bringing up with the having this equality of, um, you know, corruption between Russia and Ukraine. I know we've been kind of down this road before. Oh, I mean, let's not even discuss that. Let's not even discuss that. It is, you know, if you can't take the fact that there are facts uh, and that, you know, whatever, you, you know what Orwell said, which is that, you know, once you once you learn the truth, it cannot be unlearned. But apparently that doesn't apply to this discussion. Um, the uh, it, it, it These are two different countries. These are, you know, they can lo you lose the election, you go away. Uh, you that that's a really big deal in Russia. There's no such thing as an actual election. There's a sort of process that simulates it, and uh, you've got Putin, who's changed the constitution to make himself uh, a sort of electable until 19 uh, until he's 84 in 1932 or 36. I forget which 36. Uh, but we're not talking about the same place. Uh, so that that is something that, frankly, is you know, uh, I. 
I, it, it to me is a, it's I mean it is dangerous because you guys obviously believe that your point of view is valid but it is terrifying but in terms of I don't know what else oh I mean I, I take notes and I think no 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 wait 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 uh, you know you say Ukraine is a whole strongest democracy the whole thing about oh this model democracy it's not is that if the if this is the planet was a buffet in which you can take stuff and say this is badly cooked. This is, this is not good enough for me. And there's a complete sort of uh, contempt for actually the fact that people live in different ways with different civilizations, different problems, and a different way to cope with them. And to me, that really comes from absolute ignorance. I'm sure you know lots of things we're that I don't know or something else. We're not having contempt here because we're, oh, when please, we try to bring yeah. up Yemen and Iraq, we're told, there's, we how want, dare you No, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Please, please, come. Let, let, me let, finish. let me finish. Let me finish. And what I mean is contempt because you want everybody to sort of behave or be judged by the, your narrow standards of American pop culture. And quite frankly, this is colonialist, this is imperialist, it's whatever people <laughs> in the world might say. What? But no, it is we're seeing the opposite. We're seeing the world changing here. Like, what is the standard God, I'm no. wanting? I'm just simply saying that, like, what are the colonial standards? We're actually trying to pull back. We're not trying to impose our our culture and our way of life on other people. Yes, you you are doing it. How are we doing? You don't that? see it. It's the amazing thing is that how you've got the sort of our, uh, how are you imposing our culture on Ukraine or you're, you're or, sort of bringing in all sorts of arguments, which are arguments that are taken from the point of view where you can you can sort of go like dilettantes, uh, uh, sort of enjoying yourselves on the internet without facing the life, the experience, the history. And history is important, even though I can see that people in the chat feel that God, this is boomers, be boomer territory, and we well, should. We're shut saying up. the history of it. We're saying the trail of destruction and bodies that yeah, the United we're, States. We're, we're very much interested in. The history you of this, but I don't know how this it without knowing what came before. And it, honestly, I, don't, I, don't I mean, it's a typical as as a European, as a European. To me, and uh, it is what the bad Americans do, which is they come and they do the cowboy thing, and that's your stuff is extremely sort of ep and new and, and based, and you name it, uh, sort of internet cowboy thing, but it is the same thing as the caricature cowboy American who wants everybody to be American. You think like Americans, you structure your thought like Americans, and to me, it is terrifying because some of you might actually have influence in in public opinion and that's really where i where i stop here but i don't understand Muta. you're saying that we think like americans but yet we're saying that it's wrong of the global the gay the global american empire to impose its will upon sovereign nations and to agitate when things don't go their way like they are with russia and to an extent china although i think china i agree with scott is a greater threat uh, I just don't. Uh, I don't get this argument here. Yeah, you're not, not trying to go in and shoot up the place. That I'm talking about. It's the structure, it's the way you structure your thought, which is completely alien to anything different. You're unable to put yourself and think, okay, my mental structures might sort of just change a bit to accommodate the fact that people think differently, structure their thinking differently. And that really, that, may, that oh, annoys me about as much. No, I, I could give, I I could give that... an example. I can give an example. So I think that a lot of these things that are constantly brought up, whether we're talking about Scott's uh, tweets or Geo's tweets with, uh, again, the Marvel example, is when you imagine these tweets are being seen by people 
I think that the these. Pro hold on, Geo, Geo, please, Geo, please, Geo, 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 Geo. I know that the pro-Ukrainian <laughs> side is doing it, but what you're getting out of that pro-Ukrainian side's message is you are I agree, seeing it's good content. Yes, uh, no, you're no, yes, right. you're, it's, it's good, good content. content. Content is king. Content comes first, and I think that the way people are seeing it is this almost like Disney movie where the United States pretends to be this, you know, wonderful place. Meanwhile, it's this sinister thing that wants to impose its, you know, mind, uh, mind controlling will upon, you know, the hardy Russians who are these, you know, hardened people who are fighting for their religion and their faith. This is literally, I think, in the imagination of most people who are seeing your work. And I think it is absolutely flat. It's flat, and I think it's something that little kids are into. Because let's face it, why wouldn't they be in that mindset if they have not had any life experience? That is exactly the kind of experience that they would go for, because it corresponds, like Anne said, to their particular very black-and-white worldview of the United States being this evil imperialist aggressor, and how you have all these Bronze Age mindset people in the East rising I mean, up against the caricature. evil West. I mean, I'm not saying that I have never said that, like, Russia is this model state and we love russia and it's it's bringing it's about mimetic the warfare worldview i'm Even simply if... saying that like this issue is not is america is is being acting very stupid and the west is acting very stupid in this matter we this is not ukraine is ultimately not a part of our national interest but and we were well, encouraging well, okay. ukraine to provoke a conflict that happened and instead of reaching a peace deal that could have prevented bloodshed we didn't do that that's my, simply my point Russia, I, I will admit, has a lot of problems. I do not view that as a model. I do think that there are issues, and there's there are clearly issues with the type of imperialism America is imposing right now. But see, but see, even there, you say that Russia has its own problems. You're not willing to take the step to say that in comparison to Ukraine, where they're trying to actually address a lot of these problems, that Russia is in a way worse situation. Is it because you don't have access to that information? If so, is I can it worse than the you. government? I mean, it, it, the fact that matters, yes. it doesn't matter if it's like why it's like ukraine is the better democracy so no we have to well, defend it. no no the it doesn't matter because my opinion is yeah. that we stay neutral in this conflict i'm not pro Putin. Yeah. well let's okay well let's break well let's break it down then switzerland let's break it down before we go i want to break down what would happen so scott if we were to do what you were saying if we were to stay neutral what do you imagine would happen with uh the re with ukraine with russia so let's play it out in our heads what would happen Europe and Ukraine would come to agreement with Russia on about what it would. No, no entrance into NATO. That's essentially it. They would probably give over Crimea. That would probably be it. I don't even think Russia like didn't even want these separatist republics. Is that Russians crossed in and Russia couldn't contain it, and now they have to deal with these independent republics. They really want Ukraine more in its sphere, which. I mean, maybe that I mean, Ukrainians could vote on that. But I think if it's the fact of the matter is that they simply would say no NATO membership. They recognize Crimea as part of Russia and then they reach a settled a settled deal. I mean, what do you think is that they're going to come in and they have a kill list? They have a kill. They have a kill. That's what they have a kill list that they sent Chechen mercenaries to kill in Kiev. Okay. They want all of they want all of Ukraine, and then they'll Hold on, you, Scott, 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 Scott. You, you talk, please, please let Anne respond, and then you can respond. So Anne, you were mentioning. I think Scott was interrupted wait, wait, first. Wait, 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 please, please. Uh, so Anne, you were mentioning the kill list, well, but my specific question well, has. Most tempting to interrupt. Yes. 
But my specific question had to do not so much yeah. with the. Oh, sorry. I hear that. I think yeah. that they're going to be. I think that they're going to be. You know, that if if NATO wasn't there, it will end up fine. Uh, it's. They, they, I mean, they are now sending, they are treating Ukraine with the weapons that they used in Syria. Uh, they are sending cruise missiles on schools and on buildings. They are essentially, they have a kill list. They are 400 specific uh, 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 troops from uh, Ramsan Kadyrov's uh, Chechen uh, in an autonomous republic in Russia who are being sent uh, and who are, uh, unlike the, the, the normal uh, Russian soldier, well-trained and absolutely bloodthirsty, there are people who break people into pieces literally when they are there. You have Wagner, Wagner mercenaries also in the terrain, and the mission is to destroy anybody who uh, gives a spirit to the resistance in Ukraine. They are the, the, the president himself is moving from bunker to bunker because these people are after him. They arrested some of them and they killed them. And the, the, the entire thing, the entire idea that the Russian invasion is something completely sensible, it is not sensible. It is not in the interest of Putin. If he were sensible, uh, he would realize that right now he can break uh, maximum damage, but he also will lose a great deal. It's not, we have left the, re the realm of a sensible for the realm of essentially trying to achieve all this. And the only answer he sees is force and dominance. This is somebody who was a KGB agent. This is somebody who grew up uh, under uh, and, and made his career in, in the Soviet Union at a time when the only way the Soviet Union uh, uh, felt that they could, they could fight whatever problems they had inside and outside was to subdue another country. These are people who sent tanks to Budapest, who sent tanks to Prague, and who felt that the only solution was if you cowed people into silence. These are not people you negotiate with. But uh, the other well, thing, thing that I... One thing about the kill list, oh, okay. I would say, is that this, the same people spreading this are the ones who spread the ghost of Kiev. They spread the rumor about this. They spread the myth about the Snake Island. They also said that Russia struck at Holocaust Memorial... They also are now spreading these. There was also the Kiev Post, yes, Post our Kiev Independent, spread this idea that the Ukraine had just destroyed a convoy of 800 Russian vehicles. And it's that that's clearly not the case. I mean, there are so many wild things coming out from both spheres of both Russia and Ukraine, and it's hard to figure out what's the truth. Well, here. hold on. I do, I do have to go on, I do have to go on, on this one thing about the Holocaust Memorial. Just to be, killing people that want to leave. Hold on, hold on, Gio, 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 hold on. If so, we're talking about the Holocaust Memorial, just to be clear, what the, what the uh, president said there was that they struck the memorial. If we're talking about that, not the actual statue, but the buildings around it and the radio tower were struck. He did not say that the memorial was destroyed. He said that, that it, the it media was struck. came but the out and said that they, had, uh, they had intentionally targeted this memorial when it was the tower nearby. I mean, there, we get so much wild stuff from this conflict that it's you don't know what to believe at all. And I want to take a grain of salt with whatever I hear, especially this stuff that is designed to create more fear and paranoia and hysteria among the people who are receiving this. We don't know what the, what the but when but there, but Scott, when you're talking about that, um, you're going into the weeds of was this true? Was that true? Where we but could I, be am I all, supposed to believe on. in the kill list? Well, hold so on, hold on, hold on. Before before we get true. to the kill list, yes. I, I, okay, why? but before why am I supposed to bring, bring, believe in the kill list? Yeah, it's it seems kind of oh. yeah. Yes, I thought the kill list was actually false when they first, when the American security services, the and, and Washington announced it, and I was wrong. 
and I uh, and and they have it. And and I mean, I you know, we I have I have sources out there, and they have it, and they're afraid of it, and they they are already they've already caught some of those mercenaries, but unfortunately, not all of them. Well, Anne, would there be any way for the people who are listening to this right now, if people don't know whether or not there is this kill list, how would they go about finding out whether it exists or not? If people would want to take it upon themselves to be detectives about it, what would they do? I think the best way is instead of saying that there's a whole mass of amorphous media who are the mainstream media and we will not listen to, it would be to compare reports on, on in various in newspapers of various countries and you don't necessarily need uh, to speak all those languages. You just slap them into Google Translate and, you know, make Make your own opinion. That's all I can say. If you don't have people to interview in in uh, who are briefing government, but you can also listen to that to the think tankers and everything and make yourself make an opinion. Go go out of the the, the Twitter bubble and and talk to people who've actually been watching this. Hmm. But even before even before that, Scott, when you were talking about these various things, like I said before, we could be here all night discussing whether one thing is true, whether another thing is true. I think it's important to take a step back here and again look at the big picture as far as the legitimacy or you know just the i don't even know what to call it just being able to go into a place that is sovereign and take it over and we know that that's happening there's no question about that with these petty excuses of there being these neo-nazis in there that have subjugated the ukrainians the fact that we're not seeing a uh, greeting of the ukrainian people with open arms with flowers to the russians that are coming in i mean that already should tell you something as far as what's going on here that's number one number two is that when we are talking about these uh, russian oligarchs or, sorry ukrainian oligarchs let's say and there's been this theory around in the twitter talking about how well these ukrainian oligarchs especially this particular jewish oligarch that well even if he uh, you know uh, gives money to the azov battalion the only reason he does it is because he wants to get rid of the Russians. He wants to get rid of the Russian government. But I don't understand this argument for one particular oh, here reason. We, here oh, we here go. We go. This, no, this is the go. reason. Oh, no. If you're oh, thinking no. about the amount of oligarchs, as well as Jewish oligarchs, who are working under Putin, Putin lets them do whatever the hell they want. Why, in God's name, would this particular oligarch, unless he actually did feel a little bit of patriotism towards his country, which I know behind, you know, you know, various degrees of irony, you can never imagine somebody feeling that except for Putin. But just imagine for a second that he did, okay? So when you have this person who, if Putin were to go to him and say, like, hey, like, all you have to do is just say, you know, praise Putin, and I'll let you keep whatever you have, and I will let you, you know, do whatever you want, that would not be a bad deal for him. Those, these are the same kind of deals that Putin's worked out with all the other oligarchs. So why the hell would he be supporting this battalion to go, you know, against the Russian government? Tell me. So for people who don't know, this is an argument that me and Lev had on Twitter where he claims, I don't know how, that the Azov Battalion are not, ne they're not neo-Nazis. Well, if we're talking specifically like about the leadership, if we're talking specifically about the leadership, the people who are part of the Azov Battalion, there right. are, you know, Jewish people who are part of it, there are Armenian people who are part oh. of it. So again, if, no, but even besides that though, Geo, the idea that you would have this oligarch, and let's stay focused here. If we have this Jewish oligarch who gives money to the Azov Battalion, 
what you're saying is that he's afraid that if um, if Russia comes in, then the evil Western American empire wouldn't be able to, you know, have him keep looting the country because Putin, obviously, you know, he's going to stop. He's going to put a stop to all the looting, right? He's going to yes. put a stop. Yes, he is. And you're, and you're saying that based on what? What do you mean based mm. on what? Did not Putin take care of all those oligarchs in the 90s, Lev? No. I know you don't agree. I knew you think that Putin... No, to, see, again, it's not a matter of agreement, Gio. It's a matter of actual no, on-the-ground facts. You claim that Azov Battalion... Yes. No, 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 no. Forget the Azov Battalion right now. You no. made a point. What's the you made a point. argument here? I'll tell you what the bigger argument, Let Scott. The bigger... Scott Hold on. Azov Battalion aren't actual neo-Nazis. No, that's not the bigger argument. Hold on, Scott. Scott, that's not the bigger argument. Hold on. Well, You're going into the weeds because you want to, Geo. you want to avoid the main point that I'm bringing up. The main what? point is this, and Scott, just so we're clear, this is the main point. The main point is that Geo has this my mystic idea of Putin being this guy who came into Russia and cleaned it all up, got rid of all these nasty oligarchs, and ever since, everybody's been living on the straight and narrow there, except for, you know, corrupt, corrupt Ukraine. Now, Scott... As an adult, you know that that is not the case. Can we at least agree? Exactly Can we at least agree that is not the case? Well, I, I don't want to necessarily say that that's Geo's point of view. But that Geo, clearly, you Russia has a lot this. of corruption. There is a lot of organized crime element in their government. Yes, They're, sponsored by the president. I will say this: the one thing that Putin did clean up, and we had—I mean, I know a lot of people. Some people don't want to give Putin any credit. Is that the murder rate has significantly declined over the twenty years? When okay. he, around two thousand. In 2000, it was around 30 murders per 100,000. That's a lot. Scott, and now how do you know? To how do you know this? Russia, Russian government statistics. Is that how you know this? Well, we can't believe they're <laughs> actually having a ton of murders. Like I don't. No, no. How do you know the all murder the rate went down? From Russia are wrong. I mean, I, I don't why, think why do you believe those statistics? More law and stability, but there is still a ton of corruption. There is still problems for political dissidents. There are still right. Uh, no, but Scott, why do you believe those Russian statistics? I, I don't understand it. Scott, I don't understand why you believe those Russian statistics. Please tell me. The, but the let, let's statistics. Yeah, I mean, I know Russians, and they're like, "This is much safer in our cities than it was 20 years ago." Who do you know? Which which Russians are we talking about? Oh my about God! Why do you have to name listen, names of all the Russian friends can't. I have? Do you want me to have a list? Like here yes. you go, Lev. Yes. These are the names. Yes, I so want the list. So you believe that well, the Russian very bad host right are now. completely wrong? Because... That it's still actually at thirty per one hundred thousand. I mean, this isn't even really All right, look, despite like, here, again, we're going let, to the let, weeds. No, 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 so despite the murder, despite you disbelieve their murder statistics that they haven't they haven't gone down. Why do you believe them? But despite the murder statistics, I mean, that's uh, not the main point. The main point is about the corruption. That, I mean, the Russia compared to Russia now to Russia in the 90s? Uh, Scott, the main point is about the levels of corruption specifically stemming from Putin's government. I, I okay, probably am more on your side on the corruption uh, than Geo, but I mean, it is... C corruption, just general corruption or corruption specifically stemming from Putin and his oligarchs that work under him? I mean, of course there is a corruption among them. Okay, so you my had a free market not, for corruption before, and now you have a centralized market. Yes. What? So we that had was a free... a, in the in the nineties, you had a, you had a free market for corruption, and then it got entirely centralized under Putin. That's what makes it different. Yes, exactly. And so, so when, when the West was raping and pillaging I mean, and looting Russia. That was perfectly fine. With the and again, I don't take the position Geo. that Putin is a model state or that we're Putin. That is uh, not what I said. Yes. Here. So, but I'm, I'm not saying that Anne is accusing that or that. But I'm just saying that it's flat. Like, I'm not. Hmm. I will admit that her 
serious yeah. problems with no, but what uh, but what but what geo said right now what? when it comes to when it comes to the pillaging of russia where he did not attribute the central figure of the pillaging to vladimir putin the fact that geo skipped this means that either geo is it i think geo is just ignorant of that fact even it's though the, i told no, him so before. when what so western forces and, and corporations went into russia before putin reigned everyone in that was perfectly acceptable. That was just free market capitalism. No, Putin, Putin was the main in, person in charge of the corruption at that time. When at it that comes time, to the Western fortune, the main yes, he was. He was the vi oh, he was the deputy okay. mayor of St. Petersburg. I'm yes. Oh wait, and before you leave, any counter please let let Anne speak. I want Anne to have the final thoughts here. And final final thoughts. First of all, it is quite late here. And because it's quite late here, I'm not going to stay on. It's, it's already an hour and 15 minutes more than I thought I would stay on. So that's a very good reason to leave. The other reason is I think we're going absolutely nowhere. Uh, and um, quite honestly, I have my eye on the chat and uh, discounting anything that the chat says nasty about me, which is oh, Twitter. And I don't care about that. Uh, but it's, it's, it's essentially what gives the uh, what gives the, um, the, the these recesses of the internet a bad name, and I don't want to be exposed to it anymore. I don't know how to hide the chat. So end of it. Lev, it was wonderful to see you. It was great to have Andrew, and very I'm very sorry that uh, he he sort of was was subjected to that because I've done many things in my life and I can live with it. Uh, it but it was not a nice thing to do to him, uh, and he didn't know it would be that bad, but it was bad. You, you know exactly where he comes from, you know exactly uh, how he thinks, and I think it was a bit, it was a bit bothersome. Uh, for the rest, guys, you know, you're having fun for other things. I'm quite willing to talk about Marvel movies with you, but not about politics. All right, well, Anne, Bye. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for All coming right. in here. And, uh, and again, I think that when it comes to the point that Anne brings up here, there really is a big divide between these two sides between the sides of people who are not extremely online, who are not catering to this particular audience, and the people who are. So what I did try to do here, as far as whether it had any effect or not, I have no idea, is try to bridge these two sides together when it comes to certain things that, uh, Scott, you said, and I understand that we do agree when it comes to there being this level of corruption. I think we would disagree on particular, let's say, levels of that corruption and whether those levels are the same in Ukraine and Russia, I would definitely argue that there is no possible way to equate those two things. I would also say that, Gio, when you were talking about Putin bringing this order to Russia that was raped by the West, I think that, that is completely disingenuous. I don't think you mean to be disingenuous, though. I think Watch this is Keith just Wood's something, video, I, I think this is just something that, that you learned along again being part of this particular bubble and this oh. is just the point that you stick with no, but see, having let, no idea no, geo listen. geo no i have to finish what, my what soapbox just here now i got it was 100 total emotional manipulation bullshit geo please you interrupted everyone geo. on the way and uh, i have to go to can i get a last comment before going? yes please go God, for i'm it. very okay. sorry this happened i want to i want to thank everyone for having me on thank you love i thank know you, we Scott. disagree that's okay. Uh, you know, we can agree to disagree. That's how that's how problems are work. Uh, uh, last point, I would say, unlike Russia, I mean, yeah, they're clearly corrupt, but I think in even the murder rates, and even from people I know who visit or go or uh, live there, that the it is much like safer in terms on like a street level about going out and like 
Which like not having thirty just to be clear, which places are we I think you about? need to give Putin, the modern Russia at least one credit in lowering the murder rate. You can agree that it's incredibly corrupt and which places state. are we talking about though? Are we talking about uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg? In which case, I would this agree. This is the national murder rate. You can look it up. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's very these... who who brings these statistics out? The national murder rate. Who's in charge well, of those statistics? Who is behind Look, the previous you're murder discount rate? Everything. Hold on, I mean, no, no, Gio, I don't please. know why they would hide. I mean, if they were losing, you don't know why they would they make up their statistics for a hundred thousand a year. That's hard to hide. I mean, that's a lot. no. It's not. That, how is well, how, how are they just gonna hide all these bodies? It's like there is like thirty people who just gunned down. It's like we're hiding them. We're no, they're not. Gonna Scott, know how do, how do you know that they're not hiding them? I don't understand. You're uh, going, going by from Russian to six or six go- or seven per hundred thousand. I mean, you have to admit that the murder rate has gone down. Maybe it not might not be six or seven. Maybe they're hiding it to it's nine per one hundred thousand. I would admit maybe that's not. And there is still a crime problem. There's more crime in Russia than there is in Western Europe and even in most of Eastern Europe. Right, I will right. fully admit that. But compared to the late nineties and early two thousands, it's gotten a little bit. It's gotten better. So I mean, but hmm. that doesn't. The well, just just also for the people who are saying bad faith, this is not bad bad faith on my part. I'm not questioning that you are making a disingenuous argument, Scott. All that I'm saying is that whatever statistics you're getting this from may be corrupted. That's all I'm saying here. But then you can't trust anything. I mean, live. I, I would agree that it may not be a hundred percent accurate. I would agree that probably there are a lot of corrupt police departments in Russia that are like. Uh, We'll just mark this up as an accident, but I would say that even from from people I know on a perspective, and even like on a thirty per, you have to even admit, it, like in the late nineties and two thousands when they were counting that high murder statistic, that the police departments were just as corrupt then, or as equally corrupt, and wanting to hide it as much then. And I think they have brought a little bit more order than it was then, but they still have more crime than they do in Western Europe. Again, I gotta. I don't know how to look at these particular statistics with any grain of truth. If you trust them, that's absolutely fine. The main point, though, again, I know you gotta go, Scott. Oh my but the God, ma- love again. The implica- no, no, the final, impl- final, no, final, I mean, final you're... thought here. Final thought here. The main point that I want to get at is that if we agree, I think you don't know you're undermining your own guess. I think that's what's wrong. It's fine. It's fine. I can handle it. Yeah, Scott can take it. Scott, I respect you as a thinker, and I think that I, I, I didn't want this to happen. That's all right, Gio. Okay. So, I'll yes. survive. Yes, yeah, Scott's going to be in one, in one piece. Just a debate yes. show. Yes, exactly. Uh... So, Scott, since we both agree that there is a level of corruption in Russia, again, just to end this whole thing, I think that when it comes to comparing Russia to Ukraine, the levels, not just the levels of corruption, but also the, the way that the system works, I think this is something we've been ignoring this whole time, which is we have to keep in mind not just how much criminality there is in a certain place, but the kind of elements that are in place to allow not just the kind of criminality, but also to allow there being an extraction of wealth on an unprecedented scale when it comes to what the government is able to get away with. So the way that it works in Russia, for example, is if you have any kind of business, then the oligarchs get a certain percentage of that uh, business. And then Putin takes that money, he the tax money, he gives it to his fellow oligarchs. And where do they spend that money? They spend it in the West. So the idea also that it would be very bad for the NATO members and various parts of the West uh, for Russia to exist as it is, 
The reason why I think that's bullshit is because the West is where Russia spends most of its money. It's where they have most of the real estate. If you look at all the places that are taken right now, all the, the, the yachts, all of these super expensive things, they're all in the West. I mean, not only because that's the only place that the West can take them from, but also because that's where Russia spends most of its money. Russia, the Russian well, oligarchs. The West is not eager for regime change because they want the things to continue as on because they're making so much money from it. They are making a lot of bank from the Russian economy. Well, unlike yeah, the I would Russian agree people. that they're making a lot of money, but they're now making that change in there from now. I think now at this point that they want regime change more than they want this money. You can see this yeah. by how they're trying to confiscate the wealth that they can get a hold of from these Russian from these Russian oligarchs and others and banning, you know, trying and taking businesses away. You know, a lot of these businesses are starting to leave Russia now, and that's money that they're losing, that they've all been. And I think this does go into the marvelization of how we view the world. I don't view this as a good thing. This is more of a criticism is that people are getting so hyped up and they're their marketing departments and people who are making decisions at these corporations are like, we have to do this because Russia is now the new evil regime and us to even do business there where we're not even supporting the regime. We just have stores there or whatever. We have to pull out. We have to stop this. And this is going to hurt their own bottom line. I think it's even going to hurt the American economy through these sanctions. But I think a lot of the people in charge and a lot of the people in charge don't really don't like the economic benefits. I think a lot of these corporations in Wall Street maybe are okay with looking the other way when it comes to Russia, but the people in the foreign policy blob, the people in the think tanks and the people in the State Department, the people in the CIA, they don't like this arrangement and they're finally getting what they want and they've convinced most of these corporations and others to go without this, these profits and for the sake of regime change. But I don't even when think you're, regime but when you're saying this, Scott, when you're saying this, you've completely ignored the actual invasion that's taking place right now of Russia going into Ukraine. And that's what I understand. Like all these arguments, they may exist in some kind of a vacuum space if there was nothing happening. But there is something happening, which is why there is why even happening. which is why right. why what is the, even the point of talking about? Well, this is like the secret reason why all of these corporations, yada, yada, yada. The point that I was saying before is that you have these Western nations that are making bank, were making bank rather, from Russians extracting the wealth of their own citizens and bringing that wealth overseas. That was a pretty convenient thing for everybody. So when it comes to Russia acting the way that it just did right now with going into Ukraine, I think that's incredibly unprecedented. They're going into a country where the people did not attack them, where the people wanted to make a better a better life for themselves where they wanted to have a better economy and also not to have these oligarchs that were basically like if we were to go back in time a little bit ukraine was like a pocket for russia where russia and their oligarchs just went in there and just took and took and took and the ukrainians couldn't do shit it was only in 2014 where this started to change. And that's where like all these, you know, bad things started back and I forth. I mean, the uh, oligarchs yeah. in Ukraine prey on them, maybe not to the same extent as in Russia. And I know you get like triggered at the equivalence, but <laughs> also I would say this, like I, the Ukrainians want a better life for themselves. And if they feel it's outside of Russia, then more power to them. But I don't want them to be drawn into uh, our America to be drawn into this. And I feel that it is very bad that they're strengthening a lot of these global institutions that are associated with the globalist American empire at this moment. And that's bad for my own political situation and my situation in America. And the Ukrainians, I, we, I mean, even though you don't like me saying that I understand their plight, because they're like, well, you don't know anybody there. Oh, that's true. I don't, I don't have any Ukrainian relatives. 
But if I was Ukrainian, I would probably hate the Russians and I would be trying to take up arms against them. But we but get, I'm but, not. but Scott, and when I'm be... situ- sitting in my situation, I mean, Ukrainians, more power to them. If they want independence from Russia, they have to do this. But I feel that the way that this is happening right now, they have to reach a peace deal. And then over time, they can achieve a better life for themselves, but they're going to have to do it on their own, not rely on these globalist institutions that are going to impose other negative things that are different from Russia's negativity. And you may say that they're better than whatever Russia may impose on them, but they're also going to be colonized by these globalist institutions as well, even outside of the Russian sphere. And if they want to be independent and neutral and build a strong Ukraine, then more power to them. And I think we should all support that. We have to be very clear before you go, before you go, Scott, and I know geo harassment, but we have to be very clear that when you are comparing the corruption and I'm not saying one corruption is big or the other, that's not even the argument. I want to make sure, Scott, that you understand what I am saying when I'm saying that it's not even the level of corruption. It's that the government apparatus of Russia allows for a very specific top-down level of corruption, and that is not the case with Ukraine. I just want to make sure, just for just for the record, that we are we are understanding that there is this particular difference as far as what the government is able to do in terms of corruption in Russia versus yeah, in that's Ukraine. fine, but that still doesn't change my position to neutrality because ultimately Ukraine is not a part of our national interest, and I have no interest in expanding the globalist American empire through the plight of the Ukrainian people, and that's my conclusion. Exactly. Well, Scott, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Thanks and- for having me on. Thank you, Scott. Thank um, you. Let's see how to and once again, everybody subscribe. I don't feel good about the way that uh, Anne uh, was, you know, with uh, and uh, the way that that particular conversation went. I think it could have gone a different way. And I do feel like there is just this insistence. I know, Gio, on the part of uh, your group to think certain things are the way that they are. I don't know if there's anything that I could do, and I'm not really doing that so much to convince you oh. or to convince the people who are on your side, but there are other wallflowers there no, who I don't are going know. to I see just, things differently. No, what I resent is I don't understand what this grievous sin by questioning the, the narrative held by the vast majority of the mainstream media and, peop- and government institutions on this particular issue. I don't understand how we've offended Andreas or... or I, I no, know. I don't. Th- I don't think there's any sin in that. I just think for people who have been around longer than you and I have, Geo, let, let's like if you can. I if think you can they take have a here, very if you can take me here a good faith. Cold War view well, of the world. Geo, Geo, Geo. Well, okay. If you can take me here a good faith for a second, know that I'm not trying to pull I one think, Lev, over you on you. You tried to rig it so that Scott was filibustered every step of the way, but. I don't think that was the That's case. Scott got to speak his piece. By the way, Gio, barely, notice, barely, barely. No, Gio, notice that in the very beginning of the conversation, what I was doing is I was trying to emphasize the point that Scott was bringing up. I tried to keep the conversation in terms of what would be the repercussions that people like Scott and yourself are concerned about when it comes to the encroachment of NATO. So again, don't say that I was not trying to get that particular point out in the conversation. I definitely was. I think you don't realize when you're doing it. That's my analysis. I think that you're blinded by your own ethnic loyalties to in this particular issue and the conversation suffered because of it. Because I think that, first of all, you didn't address my point about Israel. That was another thing too, but let's leave that aside. Second of all, I just don't appreciate how, I don't know, I just, 
let's go to super chats i, I don't all right. I have no words i have no words all right no no it's fine but um, before geo i resent people trying to emotionally blackmail me put it that way when it comes to oh my god i can't believe that i went on this panel and you guys are disagreeing with me and i have to rage quit now like fuck you know like that's fucking bullshit yeah okay i respect your elders but i think that when you have a very ossified view of the world that dates back to the fucking 1970s i'm sorry the world is different. Russia is different. The people that are attracted to the Russian Eurasian worldview are different. They're not the hippies. Okay. Geo, but the other problem Geo, but the other problem here is that you're talking about her perspective uh, being of a certain gender. I no 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 no. But oh, I am be, be, too. I think okay, okay. that no, as but, but, much as Gio, I Gio, Gio, her, right. I think that she was totally wrong and I think that people look at the Russians as Nazis and therefore to question it is to be like, you know, you know condoning genocide or something i think that the emotional reaction of people throughout this whole thing have just been totally ridiculous and i hope that scott comes on again but i i think that that's probably not going to happen i hope that he takes it well i don't know i i just i don't know geo i don't think the only issue here is that there is a generational difference i think the other issue here is that if we're talking about people not in Canada or the United States, but people who live in Poland, people who live, I mean, even, you know, Ukraine or any of these other parts, I think their perspective is very different from the ones that you and the circle of people that you're in have. And I think that's the big issue here. Well, and what, and what's, the, yeah, and what they were, I think what, uh, what was being brought up uh, was the reason I think Mutet uh, uh, felt this particular way about the conversation has to do with your view of this being something that she and Andre have experienced, uh, like Andre said, for, you know, decades before, I mean, I wouldn't say decades before you were even born, but the idea is that these things come in cycles, and you have to forgive them for noticing a very particular pattern that I'm also noticing that I don't think you can see outside of yourself as but, far but as you how you see reality. But you can't compare the relations between the Soviet Union and America nowadays to what's going on. The, the Russians obviously do not have that same pull that they did when it was a, a dual, what's the word for it? Uh, not unipolar world. Uh, unipol, um, you know the word I'm talking about, the dual polar world. I think like the situation's totally different. The political sides have totally changed not to say and here's the thing i'm not even a particular fan of russian society to begin with i think that russia has a lot of systemic problems they're not this based in red pilled trad fantasy neither is poland based in red pilled trad fantasy neither is well hungary maybe is a bit closer to that but i think that when it comes down to it the, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and probably putin knows things that we don't know there's rumors such as that they were destroying bioweapons labs and so forth. I mean, we don't know what's happening, but I think that the main point is, well, my real point is this, Lev. Let me just, final word, before we get to Super Chats. I agree with Mersheimer. What the West should have done was declare Ukraine a neutral state that could have done business with both Russia and with the West. I think that they goaded them into this and they said, Oh, if Russia attacks, don't worry, guys. We're going to totally support you. Just like, you know, like we, how we bombed Serbia back in the 90s. Although I think that's total bullshit. But not to say I, I condone everything that Melodic did. I'm not saying that. I'm not, well, I'm not going to get into that. But I'm saying that they led Russia. They Sorry, they led Ukraine down the prime rose path. 
They said that you could do whatever the fuck you want. And don't worry, you're, we're cool, bro. We're going to help you out. But now what's happened? Right? I think if they would have declared neutrality from the beginning, it would have been in the best interests of both Russia and the West. And, and NATO, just the, the global American, the global Anglo empire, just had to fuck with the Russian bear because of some crazy boomer old Cold War resentment. And I think that's what's happening here. And unfortunately, by goading the actual people of the Ukraine by saying that they should take up Kalashnikovs and Molotovs and go after Russian armored units, I think that is insane. That's criminal. What Zelensky is doing is criminal and insane for putting innocent people in harm's way by putting armored columns mm -hmm. In, in civilian territories by not wanting to evacuate G by Geo, executing Geo, people if you were, who want to leave. Geo, if you I were if terrible. you were a man if you were a man capable of holding a gun and firing it in Ukraine, what would you do at this point? What do you mean? Well, would you run away or would you stick around and defend uh, your listen, sovereign territory? Well first I know it's well, hard to imagine that, but, but, like, but let's try. Face it, I'm not some epic bronzy no, okay, well, why don't you go and volunteer? Lev, you have family there. Why don't you go uh, next plane to Poland? Why don't you go to Russia? Let's strike a deal. If you go to Listen, Russia, I be, then I, I go to Putin's Ukraine. Commander. <laughs> no, I'm sure no, you no. will. I'm Lev, sure these you things, will. No, 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 Lev, these things are more complicated than that. No, but you're not seeing it from the perspective of the Ukrainians who are actually living there who don't want to be ruled so, by this so foreign all, government. All of a sudden, all of a sudden... The sort of like boomer conservative fantasy about 1776 and taking up arms. Now the left says that that's all right, but only for Ukrainians. Not See, for again, Geo, you keep on bringing up the left. You bring on all of these various entities, except for because the Ukrainians it's themselves. Because this is who is pushing it. Except for they the are pushing all right, let, let them, Ukrainian let them push people it. Let them push to it. be destroyed because. They have this fucking Again, Hollywood Geo, fantasy. Geo, this I think was the point that so, uh, like, was talked about. So, do you agree that women and children should be should be uh, Geo. should be making Geo, Molotov you, cocktails Geo, you're and aware throwing this... them at Russian infantry? Geo, do you this, think that's you, right? Are you aware that this is something that happens in every single war of this nature? That people do have to rise up against the invader. That is a natural thing that happens in any war. Are you aware of that? Are you aware? I don't think they're invaders. Are you That's aware of what was going cool. on until the 1960s in eastern Ukraine when yeah, it came yeah, to the yeah, people? Yeah, the who North were... Irish, the North. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Troubles and yeah. the yes, yeah, exactly. Bosnians. So, so yes, again, I'm this sure. is why I think this was the Disneyfication of thought that uh, was apparent, I think, to Miss Mutet. Uh, in this uh, discussion when it comes to you and Scott. And I'll tell you why. Because you're, when you're taught Geo, you had an opportunity you had an opportunity to speak. Let me speak. Right. I think what the Disneyfication of thought that they're seeing here in you and a lot of the people who are watching this right now is when you talk about Ukraine, you're talking about Ukraine through this point of view of, well, how are they being influenced by these Americans? You're taking any agency away from these people as if what they're doing right now when they're fighting against not having to live under this government that they absolutely resent. You're basically taking that away. You're taking anything away they, from them. Well, and you're basically saying, and you're basically, and you're basically saying, and you're basically saying, you know, just blame America for tricking these yeah, poor people who yeah, don't know any yeah. better. Yeah, so, no, yeah, so, so you're taking all did. the you're taking all the agency out of the Ukrainian people. So much for oh personal sovereignty. Oh my God, Lev! They did. 
the Americans totally created this. Because you, Geo, you live the British and the Germans. Geo, as much French as you, this. as much as you resent the woke left, I think that you're living in the world of their partial making yourself. Because the way that what? you're seeing this is through the perspective of how are the Ukrainians being affected by American media by this giant yeah. colossus that influ Yeah, because and you're not giving people, any, and you're not giving any. There are people saying let you, people I, enjoy things when it comes to war propaganda that is demonstrably false. That is, okay, these first of all, the people is, these the hoaxes people, are going to get Ukrainian people killed. You're talking okay, again, you're talking about whatever things are being brought up for Western media for Western people to consume. You have no desire even to know what the average Ukrainian who is right now in that particular situation in Kiev wants to do when it comes to defending well, themselves. Well, the ones that want to leave are getting killed by Azov Battalion. So... Says who? Yeah. There are NGOs on the ground. Oh, so are you defending neo-Nazis now, Lev? That's really great. Um, no, so again, Gio, when, you were, saying... when, when I asked you to bring up certain examples of things, you brought up veterans today, and you also brought up Sputnik News, and you said that, you know, these are papers of records, even though these are well-known propaganda Lev, outlets for the Kremlin. You know how insane this sounds, right? No, it sounds that, absolutely to say reasonable. that they're not neo-Nazis. You if know how insane that sounds. First of all, Geo, if we're talking, and again, so when, when they're throwing up Romans, and when they have the not the sun or red on their patch, and when they have the Nazi flag, and when they say they're going to kill every single Muslim in Ukraine, no, they're not neo Nazis. <laughs> First of all, if we are talking about the people who are the leaders oh. of this as well as the people who are in it, I can get into that later on. But the main thing is that you're throwing this Azov Battalion thing at me right now, going away from the main point. And the main point is that you have no inclination to even be curious about what the average Ukrainians who are fighting right now tell in me, these Lev, cities tell want. Me. Yes, tell wholesome chungus revolutionary. Tell me, Lev. What do you mean revolutionary? These are people who don't want to live under the government that right now is uh, tearing their city apart. It's as simple as that. What, what, why is this complicated? I don't think I don't think that Putin wants to control the whole country, honestly. I think they probably want to just take Donbass and they want to take other regions. Well, then, you're not, listen, then you're not listening to Putin himself. They're probably going to bifurcate. Everyone who wants to live under Russia will probably go towards the southernmost regions and the people in the west. I don't think Putin... Putin will probably get to the Polish border, but he's not going to probably control the whole country. I don't think that's... Gio, you do, you do understand that Putin himself, since you're such a big fan of him, that Putin himself said that he wants to resurrect the old USSR. Lev, you, can, you know how when you say that um, certain people just say things, but really it's like that's their wholesome... You know, sorry, that's their real intention... Like you say that, oh, well, you know, Azov, they may throw up some Romans. They may have some Sunreds. No, Putin says these things because it is a rhetorician tactic. Putin says these things because it is deep within the Russian people's consciousness that they have been humiliated since the fall of the Soviet Union. Not that everyone wants to go back to breadlines in Siberian gulags. It's that they want to go back to an age where Russia was the second greatest player in humanity. That's what they want. They don't care. And so Putin naturally says these things because any good politician, Joe Biden said that he's the biggest pill buyer in the world last night. And he said that there's no wall greater than the medicine that we have. What about that? What about when, uh, when Bush said mission accomplished? Back in 2002. Geo, the reason why These Putin... are just rhetorical things, but Geo. yet you think... You selectively think that Putin really means that. He, and here's why. Because he's such an evil, maniacal dictator. No, I could, I could explain. I could explain. The reason why Putin says these particular things 
it doesn't even have as much to do with whatever it is he may desire, the situation is this on the ground. When Putin's popularity goes under, the only he choice that he has... Like every no, hold on, hold on, Gio, Gio, please. When the popularity of Putin goes under, the only thing he can do oh. is go and take more territory. Because that's the only thing that would make the Russian people forget about the absolute misery that they're living in. And it does work. If you notice right now, he went into Ukraine. He went went into Ukraine. He went into Ukraine. And all of a sudden, his popularity rose up again, just like before when he went, you know, when he went to uh, uh, the... um, Crimea. Yeah, yeah, Crimea. Yes. Yeah, when he went into Crimea and Georgia, same thing happened there. Because, unfortunately, the situation is that Russians... The mass of Russians like when Putin takes over territory. I'm not saying Putin is a good guy. I'm not saying that. I'm not. Russia has a severe demographic problem that Putin is aware of. And their logic is that if they act now when they have a majority military aged men population, they could do these things. Do what thing? Do what NATO invasion. To but prevent do, NATO outreach. Do, do outreach. what things? What they basically did is they got all of NATO, they got all these other countries to start joining NATO. What are they accomplishing? That, I don't understand that, this. That's a boot. That's a liberal uh, Western Biden talking point. Right? Is there. it wrong? It's well. It doesn't matter if people are quote unquote unified against NATO because Putin is committed to material. Again, this is what I was saying in my Twitter space with Astro, which will be uploaded on my channel, Janet Productions, is that. You are fighting two wars. You are fighting virtuality and the real. Putin has control over the real. So in terms of virtual relations, it doesn't matter if NATO is Geo, united. Putin has been controlling virtuality in terms of the 4chan space and in terms of you and your audience you serious since you now? were a teenager. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious, and you yes, know okay, this to be so the case. 4chan is control- what is, where, where's the evidence that 4chan is controlled by Russia? Number one, 4chan is not controlled by Russia. I don't want to bring this up, but there is a certain person that could have gave us a lot of views and a lot of... I'm sure he would have. And a lot of Jews. No, again, back to to 4chan. You slandered him, and you said that he's a Russian agent. Even though he is on the ground, and he was directly threatened by Russian misinformation on the news. You want to know why? And his life and the life of his family was in danger. But you slandered him by saying that he's a Kremlin asset, or he's a quote-unquote useful idiot. First of all, I feel feel bad for his family i feel bad for his family i hope that he reunites with his family and that everybody is going to be safe there okay good but is his suffering not less than the suffering of your relatives when he was right in the middle of kiev lev geo first of all this has nothing to do right now with him i'm saying when you say these things lev it's ridiculous because then you can't trust anything by saying that, well, this person's controlled by the kremlin the red scare girls are controlled by the kremlin allegedly allegedly but i'm saying love by by salting the earth of any information that's contrary it's like the fucking um libs that say well that source comes from fox news that's a russian asset that's uh it's not even about what the source is it's more you, about you, no, but it's you more get about what i'm saying what the, yeah oh, okay first of all it's, it's not about reasonable. what the source no, it's not unreasonable because it's not about what the source is. It's about what the source says. So when I'm talking about 4chan, I'm not saying that 4chan is controlled by Russia. What I'm saying is that the kind of memes, the kind of influences that sprang up that portray Putin in a certain way, that portray the West in a certain way, these are things that you have been fed upon. This is the nipple that you have been suckled on ever since you were so a teenager. That's when, what I'm when, saying. When there are documents that come out that came out after Gamergate, 
that the that the CIA and other organizations were basically putting out dis- different disinformation and demoralization memes that there are whole divisions of social psychologists and behavioral therapists and so forth that work for the government that do research into memeology, into various internet memetics. Everyone does it. The Chinese do it. The Russians certainly do it. The Americans do it more than all. Mm. But that's that's my point, Lev, is that you have a memetic war going on. And I'm not, and, and yeah, is the, is the Kremlin probably, do they have like hackers and do they have people creating I, I, I'd say the Kremlin makes probably. better memes. That's the other thing, by the way. What I find is that well, when it comes yeah, to the. Yeah, because a lot of these people in yeah, the CIA, they're not exactly Yeah, yeah, no, right. absolutely. I mean, if you're talking about like the sassy cat people, if you're talking about, for example, the people who have like that uh, stupid Putin monkey meme, that is like low Lev, class. I'm just, the, listen, I'm just bringing this up. Yeah, and people mention in the chat it's Coach Red Pill. Because yeah, but, but if, you you're, if you're talking about... Slander people, there's Gio, first of all, consequences. No, no, first of all, Gio, Gio, I have Gio. been put through the ringer for calling certain people feds when I probably shouldn't have, and I apologize. Gio, number one, I'm if you're talking about... That... Gio, if you're talking about slander, this was a private conversation that we had, and you're bringing up something that you consider to be slander in a public forum right now. On the timeline, you said... Yes. I never said anything about Coach Red Pill ever, yeah. except yeah. for the private messages, which you've now brought out to the public for some reason. And I would say one other thing with Coach because Red it's Pill. Another, it's if we're, oh, huh. it's no, but, but Gio, it's not. But it's not it's fair. Ridiculous. It's not fair towards me to put me in the situation where you're accusing me of doing something uh, of this nature that I well, you know, had had in the private message me of, of certain of certain well. thoughts. I haven't been accusing you of anything. I've been accusing you of having a particular mindset when it comes to these things. As as I've done all the time. Now, when it comes to Coach Red Pill, the things that I say to you, they are things that I consider, but they are also things that are in private, and I'm not I'm not really cool with the fact that here, out on the stream, you brought it out to the world. That's number one. And number two, one of the things that you were talking about, if we are going to talk about that private conversation, is you were talking about how much fame and how much money we would make from having him on. And one thing that I would add to that, Geo, is that for me, you could say, oh, this is appeal to emotion or whatever, but I genuinely believe this. There are things more important than money, and that is why when it comes to but certain stream, principles, when it comes to certain Russian principles... As well. You slandered the Red Scare Girls. First of, all, first of all, I said allegedly. Allegedly, well, I have no proof. With, so, well, yes. So, again, you know. Gio, I don't think it's right that you uh, did what you did right now where you took a private conversation put out there. Let's uh, let's move past that and let's go into the super chats. Well, there's other people that you've also accused of being paid off by Russian people on the stream, and I've held my tongue. I just don't I don't see what the problem is. I mean, we were our, no the we the, were pro- our, the problem is Geo that you are bringing up people who are being paid by the Russians. I was bringing up something different. I was bringing up the fact that there is a mimetic warfare where certain things that are brought up on 4chan were things that you and I grew up with that I don't know who it is. I don't know who the public figures are who are or not with Russia. All I know is that especially right now when there is this heat of the war going on, there is going to be so much mimetic warfare that I am easily recognizable as belonging to a very particular mindset that looks at Western civilization as being this, you know, all of these uh, values that we have, these are stupid, we have to get rid of them, we have to install like a base and red pill dictator. This is something that's been going on for a very long time, Geo. And again, I'm not pointing fingers to say that any particular people are responsible here. What I am saying, though, is that we have to acknowledge the fact that this is going on and try as hard as we can 
man who at least consider the other side. This was why in the beginning of this entire conversation, what was I doing? I was saying, hey, let's consider Scott Greer's point of view here. What would be the repercussions that he's laying out here? You remember, well, Gio, I was the asking The way you've this. been treating Scott is another thing I find reprehensible. You've, you've framed it like he's some shill and that... When did I, I say that? When did I say that? Well, you you made the implication. I remember there was one moment where you said, um, "Not that you guys would ever know about patriotism." You're questioning Scott's patriotism. When did America. I say not? I have never said that. What are you talking about? You, you said not that you tape. guys could ever imagine people being patriotic for their own country. You, that was your direct. Quote that was not talking about Scott. That was talking about the general milieu well, of the people in the chat. I was not talking. That was an implication. If we are talking, if we, I was talking about the mindset of the people in there, and I brought that up several times that there is a particular mindset All that right. the people have when they do it. Well, well anyway. this has been a fucking disaster. So let's just go. To Gio, don't worry about time. Gio. Don't worry about it. Listen, if about I listen, if I've been airing my grievances, I apologize. It's just that I feel that. For the past week, you've been attacking me on and off the DMs and on the TL uh, repeatedly. What do you mean and attacking? That's why. I, I was bringing up. I was bringing up. When did I personally? When did I personally attack you, Gio? When did I personally attack you? I was bringing up things that I disagree go with go you on. Go to Twitter. Go to yes. Twitter. Yeah, and my point was that hey, Gio, here's this thing that we disagree on. Let's see uh, your mental I... gymnastics about that. That's fair. What's wrong with that? There's nothing it, wrong oh, with that. Never. No, 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 that is let's not slander. On. If you did let's the same thing, no, let's no, no, no let's, no, let's not move on because you brought it up. If you were to do the same thing to me, say, hey, Lev, here's this base Putin quote. What do you think of that? Try to do some mental gymnastics around that. I would be like, all right, let's see, let's see how I can refute this. That is what conversations are all about. I don't see why you're taking that particular part personally. I have never slandered you. I've never accused you of being anything other than somebody who believes in something it's that ignorant, I disagree with. That doesn't know what I'm talking about yes yes you're that, ignorant yeah, and you don't know what okay. i'm what you're talking about with okay. these particular subjects well listen i'm you already, know what you're talking about with philosophy by peter thiel people that's the you thing. know what you're talking about with shell. art you know what you're talking about with art you know what you're talking about with philosophy and all these great concepts i think that you are a very knowledgeable okay. person when it comes yeah, to that okay? okay this is this is the glove before the knife comes out <laughs> the before the there knife. you go <laughs> No, Gio, you but, knew from but the... when it comes to this, I'm ignorant. Yes, uh, when it comes to this, you're ignorant. I'll say that with a straight face. And that's okay. It's okay to be ignorant about certain but things. I'm saying, okay, I'm saying, Lev, that the problem is that when I present you with contrary information or a different viewpoint on it, I'm saying that your immediate gut impulse due to whatever particular loyalties you have or whatever sort of proclivities you have towards this particular regime in Russia you immediately say that it's either ignorance or it's a Kremlin source or people that believe this are stupid or they're whatever. I'm saying yes, that. Yes, all of the above. And I no, genuinely well, here's believe another that. thing. You've accused me on the TL of, be oh, I can't believe that someone like you, Gio, would ever disagree with neo-Nazis. That was a joke. Gio, that you're taking that joke, so serious. Yes, that was. Do you, okay, now that I brought this up, now I'm very sorry that I did. But will you redact your statement that Coach Red Pill is a Kremlin shell? Number one, Gio, this is a private conversation. You I have, have no, no idea. I'm I have, no, I have no, no evidence for you to assert that. I, I, number one, I'm not going to redact or unredact anything that is a private conversation that the two of us had. So if we're talking about right. whether or not he is or not, that is nothing that should have been brought up on the stream to begin with. And again, I don't know why you brought that up. But anyway, let us go to Super Chats right now, and uh, we will be done with this, with this hell of a stream. And again, Gio, 
I don't want you to take any personal offense to me thinking that you're ignorant about Russia. This no. has nothing to do well, with listen, you as a glass person. Cake, I'm not romanticizing war. I'm saying this was entirely preventable, but because of the actions of people in Washington, this war happened. That's my opinion. Yeah, just like that if... Just like John Mersheimer's opinion. Just like if uh, England made peace with Germany after Germany took France, the war would have been entirely preventable, right, Gio? I, well, unlike you, I don't think that Germany wanted to take France. I think they were forced into it. I think Germany, this whole myth that the, the Nazis wanted to take over all of the world is bullshit. They all wanted right. to take I, uh, over certain parts of Europe. They wanted to give the Japanese certain parts of Asia. And they were cool with the Americans, actually. If you actually listen to what Hitler says about America, there is he was one, going to let them control North America. There is one problem with this thought pattern, Geo. Only one, which is you are assuming that what people say and what happens after they start attaining more territory means that they're going to stick to whatever they said before. I would have been fine with him taking France because France is directly what caused... The actions of the French and the British during the Treaty of Versailles and during Weimar Germany is what, ha is what caused World War II. That is a fact. That is a shoot. And France was entirely responsible for anything that that particular regime in Germany did to them because of the actions that they took, because of the humiliation that the Germans suffered because of the French. And what about, and what about Poland? Is Poland responsible for what happened? The Poland, okay, the Poland, no, Poland was not responsible. Poland was the... Then why did, uh, go, that, why did they go into Poland then? Well, it's because they wanted to have that agreement with Stalin because... Hitler knew that Stalin pretty much could have trounced him. Oh, yeah. See, Hitler things start getting very complicated when you start acquiring more and more land, the apparently. Prob the problem just, with just sticking Hitler to one particular. was that he stuck to, he was See, too gung ho in Russia. He could have made strategic deals with Stalin. Oh, I'm I sure, I'm sure he could have. I'm sure he could have. Again, Gio, you're talking about great mistakes, this and that. Oh, you know, Poland, that was a mistake. But these are the things that are on the ground effects of acquiring territory instead of letting people just be fucking sovereign <laughs> over the territory that they have. So in that sense, I think it's a very good example to compare to what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, because there you have a sovereign place that is being taken over by others. You think, well, if only they made peace, if only they would have stopped. You don't know that. I don't know that. And we have history to show us what actually happens when Look one piece of territory and required I'm on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. So, no, I'm not what, what Germany did and what Germany and, and Russia did to Poland was a disgrace. Um, he pro there was other geopolitical issues at the time. But I'm saying if Germany just wanted to focus on France, I would have understood that because France was directly uh, the direct cause of the German humiliation during Weimar Germany. But what they did to Poland was a travesty. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you wanted to blame it, blame Stalin as well for screwing over half of poland at that time as well like sure stalin... i blame stalin as well but what i also blame is this tendency to acquire territory that is not yours that doesn't belong to you which is again why i say that this idea that the united states could just make peace with russia and that russia would just go on this merry way already russia's proved that that is absolutely not the case and your idea that yeah. they're just going to stop i completely reject it for these reasons again geo I'm not bringing up they these things. They are going to stop. They're going to divide Ukraine. Uh, I'm not. That I'm not is... bringing up. I'm not bringing up these things because I think that you're some bad person. I think that you're a lovely person but, who is very. Way, I'm not supporting Nazi this. fucking Germany. I'm just saying that there were a lot of reasons that people in the West, with an American bullshit Holocaust class history education, don't understand why 
Germany committed the actions they did. Not to say I fucking support Adolf mm. Hitler. I'm saying that there were a number of nuanced reasons as to why World mm. War II happened. And by the way, World War II should have never happened because World War One should have never happened. That is. I my can shoot. agree with that. That, that is, is the shoot. That is one thing I will agree with you on. World War One should have never happened. But still, when it comes to the acquisition of territory, I completely disagree with Geo that it would just go away if uh, the United, if the Western world were to make peace with Russia right now. I think you're seeing what's happening. And anyway, let's go to super chats. Right. It's been it's been enough of this. But I do have to say that I do respect the fact that we can go on BTR and have these discussions. I never want it to be personal. I never want it to be something where you feel like there's some kind of a light that i have against you on twitter what i brought up were various challenges which as you've noticed were completely trounced by the people who were supporting you in the first place but be that as it may no. i think that is i think that is because the majority of people who are on btr right now they are on your side they are people who have a similar mindset that i am constantly on the you know on the uh, defensive uh, end of throughout many of these conversations and the moment that i brought in some people who had a disagreement even though let's say if i were in their place i would have acted differently they're of a different generation and i wouldn't say at all that i'm surprised by how they reacted and i just want you to at least just think for a second that maybe maybe they have some point when it comes to how they see you and everybody else the way that you're acting i don't think that because I think it is how because of the acting, internet. Lev? How am I acting? No, it's not even how you're acting. It's how you're thinking. Sorry. So the way that you are thinking about a lot of these things and the way that the crowd is, I don't think it's something that you can see from the outside. I think that this is something that kind of needs to be said to you from somebody who is not part of the extreme, uh, extremely online community. You just don't see oh, it, man. That's the problem. I don't, well, I don't see what? That Ukraine should be a satellite state of America? That they should have... Uh, drag time yeah, story hour see like even the way that you're presenting this it's so it's so childlike you how know? is it's, it childlike? it's kind of, it's it's kind of cute it's kind of cute in a way you know the way that you're presenting it's the it truth. and this is why people who are in this particular echelon so you're they don't that, they don't take Soros you seriously money and other ngos they don't fund things like um sure they do certain... sure well, they do but it's a matter difference? i'll tell you because it's a matter of degrees it's a matter of what you're focusing on at a certain point and the fact you, that you're equating so, so when, no geo so the fact that you're Zelensky equating says he wants nuclear weapons to come back into ukraine do you think that's fine i think ukraine should have had nukes from the very beginning and oh my god and you're missing the conversation oh then we would have been dead by now no we then russia been... <laughs> russia would have stayed in its fucking place by now but anyway no the reason why i bring it up geo is that okay okay so 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 i understand so you keep, russia, you keep russia has no right to say that their neighbors shouldn't have uh be funded by a hostile power and have weapons on their border that could destroy them but Israel has a right to say that we need to take the settlements because then Hamas is going to fire their little firecracker rockets at, at Tel Aviv that barely hits the wall to Tel Aviv. Which have already killed a lot of people, including the people underground who go up and stab the Big farmers news. and all that shit. So, again, yeah, again, you could say that. But again, you have to keep in mind, Gio, that these are people you who have actually... You my point again! Oh, what do you mean again? The point because is that you say well, that for point? Israel, it's perfectly yes. fine for them to control a sovereign territory because it's within their national security interests. But when Russia does the same, they're evil. They're Hitler. They're Put the Putler. Is when the Russia Hitler. does it, when Russia does it, they're evil because of how they act. When the Gaza people do it, 
it's also bad because of how they act. When the Ukrainians do it to save their own sovereignty, it's good because of how they act. And when Israel does it, it's good because of how Israel acts. And what? again, if you can nitpick certain things, if you so could find... So all the people if that you were could killed find... and displaced by the, the IDF and all... Of course, I'm not going down this because I know right no, away but you I, don't believe that. No, but again, Geo, Geo, Geo. the IDF does is... Geo. Good. When, no, but again, here's here's the thing, the crux of the problem. Yes, when yes, Paul, and I've activated my trap card. <laughs> Hold on, Gio. Oh, here's shit. the crux of the problem. When you're talking about whether it's Drag Queen Story Hour or the whataboutisms talking about whatever this one state of Israel did in comparison to the history of all these other states around it, when you do it, the reason why I think people who are outside this bubble don't take you seriously... Because they've been indoctrinated. They've been No, it's because you've been indoctrinated. Been by Western liberal media. Your like, minds have been... Okay, never mind. The point yeah. is, Gio, is that... The no, reason but that's a valid comparison, Lev, because No, it's not. No. no, 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 no. Okay, because so the reason they... Gio, please, you, you, you talk, now I gotta Even finish. Everyone, I gotta finish. Everyone agrees that the settlements are unjust, except for America and Israel. That's it. The whole world agrees that the settlement, like Russia going in, everyone agrees. But because they're doing it for the national security... So Putin is saying, well, let's go in there because they could... It's the same comparison, Lev. No, it's not the same comparison, because if we're talking about the aggression of the Russians as far as sending out their bandits into Donbass to cause chaos, I'd say that is the equivalent of the Palestinians sending their people through the tunnels to stab innocent farmers. You have no evidence. Okay, I'll agree. Okay, I will agree that the Russians have been funding, um, uh, let's say, their strategy has been to keep a low level, low cost, low maintenance guerrilla warfare going on in Dumbask and Ludansk because they don't want Ukraine to join NATO. I will agree with you. That is wrong. But at the same token, there have been other actions funded by the West, and Azov is one of them, that has gone into Dumbass and has tried to ethnically cleanse certain Russian people. Where's the evidence for that? The ethnic cleansing of the Russian people well, by Lev, the Azov Battalion. A, a Jewish oligarch funds Azov Battalion that works in the West. What I'm does that have to do with what you're saying? You are we, making a you are you are making a proposition that the Azov Battalion is going into Ukraine and genociding in, in Donbass, uh, yes, Donbass and genociding Russia. Yes, and I am asking you, what least, is your proof? At least five thousand. What, what is your Russians, proof other than ethnic Russians have died since twenty fifteen? And what is your proof for this direct? And keep in mind that we are not talking about, let's say, thugs being stationed from the uh, thugs being brought in from the Russian but government, you're denying, staking you're denying out buildings. That have been targeted by certain people, certain paramilitary groups that have in Ludonsk and Donbass. You're denying that they haven't been targeted by certain paramilitary groups that are funded by foundations from the West. Yes. That's insane. Because I'm saying that, yes, Again, what, Putin, what we're Putin funds the paramilitaries in those yes. regions. Everyone knows this. But I'm saying that equally the Western powers like they did in Afghanistan against the Soviet Union, they have been funding radical groups against Russian power in those regions. And Okay, so just so we're clear, what you're saying is that these radical groups yes. go into Donbass yes. and they massacre Russia, like innocent Russians who have nothing to do with anything. That is what yes. you're saying. 
all right, so send me the evidence. I'm going to look through the evidence. And if it's from Sputnik oh News, God. then it's a piece of shit. Send me it from somewhere where it's not a Russian-affiliated uh, government newspaper. If you newspaper. go back to the New York Times and you look up in 2015 when they made those agreements, there were paramilitary actions from the Ukraine against Russian towns and the Russian population in those areas. All right, so what we're going to do is we I'm going to look at the New York Times. I am not going to hide from this. I want to look at the New York Times. I want to look through everything that you send me, and then I want to analyze it and if see what comes of that. If anyone in the chat can send G, uh, Lev some... No, but again, Geo, this is something that's going to require time. I have to look at what the sources are. I'm not I have to saying look at that what Russia sources. is doing is good either. Because no, but you, but you, but you kind of are, prevent... because in the beginning of the last year, it was like, yeah, go Russia. It's like, it's childish. And the that people... was a joke, Lev. No, but again, even even now, the things that you talked about with Russia, when people see that, they don't Lev, take do you, you seriously. you that you have the same opinion as Vouch on this issue? I don't give a shit, as because I have my Vouch? own... I don't give a shit because I don't operate on the retarded level of if somebody agrees with me who I hate, then it's wrong to have the same opinion as them. Well, you know, I, it's, I it's, hate it's, Nick Fuentes, and I agree with him on this issue. There we go. So why do so, you bring Vouch up? It doesn't make any sense. It's a retarded argument. But I'm saying that it's, it's, a, it's morally indicative of why the political left in North America and in, the, and in Western Europe have taken up the wholesome Chungus freedom fighters of the Ukraine. It is a logical extension of the past two years. It's the same degree of demonization and gaslighting. Do you agree with a clinic in Germany that is unwilling? They're rejecting uh, patients from Russia now. Do you agree with Russian nationals? No, that is being horrible. Denied their jobs that is in horrible. Western countries. That is okay, absolutely retarded. Fine, we agree. Yeah. It's why? But why would I agree? See, this is what I don't see, get. No, but see, this this is the difference. Media control over the narrative that these Ukrainians have not done anything wrong, and that what they're doing is noble, and that it's perfectly fine for a Ukrainian it's... girl boss to go up to a Russian laws and lob a. Uh, lob a Molotov cocktail at Russian army divisions and nothing bad's going to happen because it's like fucking Dumbledore. It's Dumbledore's. Someone said that, by the way, in Twitter. It's Dumbledore's army, by the way. Geo, all of these, all of these pop culture references that you're making in relation to this, instead of again talking about the realistic things that we know. But I'm when talking you are about the realistic things because these fans no, 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 are going no, because to get you're killed. Again, you're taking the agency out of them, acting as if they are like a lot of the people who are very online, where they're just focused on what does the media say, what does the pop culture say. When Geo, a lot of people have other things that they do for a living, other than going online and looking at all these things. They have a life outside of this, and for those people, oh, I have no life. That's the for those. Why I don't have a lot life, of the so. extremely online people do not touch grass that much. Let's be honest here, and I think it's a weakness. I don't think it's something that you are People you know are destined Vouch versus Nick Fuentes on BTL. I don't that'd I don't be, think I don't think this is something yes well uh, I don't think this is something that you're destined to have but as somebody like I consider you a friend as somebody who oh cares my God. about so here comes the gaslighting yes like no no but what's wrong with saying that it is you're good saying that to... all of my political opinions are ignorance you're saying about that Russia. I haven't arrived at these about Russia you're saying that I can't have a clear thought and a clear opinion about Russia because it's contrary to your anti-Russian, self-hating Russian opinion. I'm saying that your opinions about Russia and Ukraine are wrong. 
and I think that they are based on 4chan propaganda that you've gotten used to ever since you were a teenager. They're counter-signaling. They're saying that Russia isn't based, Russia's multicultural, and that Azov Battalion, they're the real base. Yeah, but their propaganda isn't as good, so in a way, I kind of don't even blame you for taking the bait early on, as a lot of people did. I'm not saying that Putler is a good dude. I mean, maybe it's just a, a meme, of course. I'm not saying that what, like I've said repeatedly now, that Russia has massive problems and they're not this like trad-based empire that people want to say. But I'm saying that when you have to choose between people that have direct political power over my life, Christia Freeland hates fucking Russia with a passion, but she has direct political power over my life and she hates people like me with a passion. And that's bad so, too. And am this I is going to side with Putin or Christia Freeland. This is I, the biggest, the, uh, this is your biggest mistake, Gio, is that you look at it as if it's one or the other. And that's the thing that is, sucks about this whole thing. Or, in Canada, no, it is. It is one or the other. Christia Freeland has been a aggravator of the Kremlin since she was 20 years old. And she now is being paraded around as this queen of Canada for fucking, uh, by going against the Kremlin. So... Well, first go. of all, well, first of all, that's Christina, and I'm not saying that Canada's situation is great when it comes to their politicians. I I'm think you, I think you are I, living in kind of a hellhole if we're talking about psychologically. I'm saying no Russian ever called me an incel. Love. But your problem, I think, is that you're only looking at the people in Canada, which is a very limited amount of people, and comparing them to the people in Russia and saying, no, "Well, I'm going to take you're the Russians." You're misunderstanding my point, though. You're mi that's what I'm saying. Like. I am saying that I don't condone the actions that Vladimir Putin is doing or has done. I don't condone the Russian regime for the various human rights violations. But I'm saying given the alternative of people who have, like David Reboy said this on Twitter, your good friend David Reboy. Yes. He said this. He said, if I had to choose between leftists oppressing me in my own country and the Kremlin, I'm choosing the Kremlin because the Kremlin does not have power over me. Christia Freeland does, and she hates my guts. That's what I'm saying. It's not that I'm saying that Putin's a good dude and he, you know, Hal Putler, Hal Putler. I'm saying that given the choice, I think that I'd rather want my enemies in this country to suffer than those people in Russia to suffer across the Atlantic. That's what I'm saying. That I don't want a perfectly that, I, reasonable take. I don't want any and of the people to suffer. All this bullshit about, like, people. oh, well, shouldn't you be patriotic about your country? There is nothing left to be patriotic about in current Canada. I'm sorry. I know it feels bad. I feel bad myself. I said this in my video on my YouTube channel. I feel terrible that I have no sentiment left towards my country. But guess what? With Trudeau in power, Christia Freeland in power, I don't. I don't care. And that's very upsetting that I don't have any feeling towards Canada. But I don't. So I'm just mm. saying that if I had a choice between Christia Freeland and Vladimir Putin... The choice is obvious. <laughs> well, again, it's assuming that those are the Holy only choices shit. you have. It's assuming those are the only choices you have. What other choices have. do I have, love? Well, the choice that you have, first of oh. all, is people who... And I know you're going to find this extremely cringe. I have another stream but people who so be, But people who would be liberal enough to let you speak exactly the things that you're speaking right now and wouldn't throw you in any gulag well, or prison. Yet, love, are you going to die for trans <laughs> I'm going to die for trans athletes. 
And again, it all yeah. keeps com- it all keeps coming back to the same old chestnut where these worst elements of this kind of society we have are being brought up. Did you know, by the way, that if we're talking about FDR's time, like uh, you know the uh, 30s and so on, during FDR's reign in the United States, it was a very socialist place. It was a very, you could say, even quasi-communist place. What ended up happening? He ended up going out. Somebody else ended up going in. The point is that the system, at least in the U.S., is flexible enough so that if some would-be tyrant comes in and starts, like some AOC figure, for example, comes in and starts to enact certain things that you hate and that I hate, then they could still be voted out. They could still be replaced. This is because again, well, I Gio, think voting is bullshit. Geo, but again, Geo, the system that you're talking about right now versus what happened in the 30s I when think FDR, we live in a when FDR, when FDR was in charge. Again, I don't think either of us have the perspective to understand what the fuck that kind of system was, look, look, and look, it's very Jeb, easy to Jeb say otherwise. Great, Jeb has a great point. I wish people could just be honest and say they don't give a shit about another country. False moralism is gay. People in America have to pretend they care about Ukraine to be good as a problem. Exactly. Like, they had to care about uh, people in their 90s dying because of the you-know-what uh, world tour. Um, I think, no, that's my point. I think, to clarify, listen... To clarify my statement, I don't want to be totally black pill. There's many things I like about Canada. There's much, there's a lot of things about Canadian history that I am proud of. But in terms of the Canada of post Pierre Trudeau, uh, it's it's a it's a joke. It's not even a real country. So mm. that's my contention. They're I not want even to a be real patriotic. country anyway. I want to be nationalistic, but it's very hard when total airheads like Christ- and, and ghouls like. Gerald Butts and Mark Carney and Christia Freeland and Justin Trudeau running the show. There we go. And All to right. Lev's point about FDR, um, I, I get what you're saying, Lev. I'm just saying that... But what happens in your totalitarian system? And again, I know you're not saying that you're a fan of Putin, but you are a fan of fascism, and you're a fan of having that kind of fascist system in place where there's no flexibility. You're stuck. There's nothing you can do. And that's well, the kind of system they have yeah, in Russia. Yeah, those things can only come about if we have a unified culture and a unified understanding of. Um, I don't want to get into this because my, I'm. Oh, again, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I going think... to be on American Zarathustra at seven um, to talk about Donald Kemp's art. Uh, but that's no, that's what I love about you, Geo. I love the art takes. I love the philosophy takes. I yeah, think that love, these are so, your strong things. If you things. can't accept me at my most totalitarian, you can't. Have me at my best. Well, that's why we have. That's why we have. BTR, <laughs> no, 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 no. But- I'm saying that fascist. Okay, a system like that to me can only work, and I think that fascism is a dead term. Largely, it is a reified it, because the reason which it is a dead term is because fascism was only there to address problems that were present within the early to middle 20th century. We don't live in the same situation now. When it comes to any system that relies on a benevolent authoritarianism, there has to be a cultural and and religious even understanding of what those people are qua their own people. There can, and so therefore, even though there will be dissent, there will be people who don't go along, who don't fit in, but that's like that in every country. In our own in our own nations, there are people who are jailed for having the wrong political opinions or people who are fired for having their own wrong political opinions. But I'm saying within a system like that, it can only work when there is an organic and integral society. There can't. So this fantasy that like 
uh, a fascist dictator is going to come in and cure all of America's problems or all of Canada's problems. That's a fantasy. That's never going to happen because people are so culturally divided in a multicultural hellhole that it's not going to happen unless dramatic things come about. Um, I do disagree though about the, uh, about the, well, Alex, why won't Carlsbad come back on? I know. Well, I wish him the best. No, but when it comes to fascism and the idea that if there is this organic togetherness that people have, that they'll be able to do that, the reason why I disagree is because what happens if the fascist dictator goes nuts? What happens if uh, they want to keep remaining in power even though the people don't want them to remain in power? There's a stagnation that happens there where there's no recourse. The only thing you can do is just stage some kind of coup if you're lucky. And again, that's but like I'm if saying you're really lucky. That all of these, but all of these problems that you're bringing up are also present within quote-unquote Western liberal democracies. It's just that instead of a leader that has become decrepit and sclerotic, rather it is a political class that becomes entrenched and extremely hard to get out of. And that's, that's what we have to, attention. yes, and that's what we all have to fight against. The only point that I was bringing up when I was saying that people don't take you seriously as far as the people who come in here, like Mutet and things like that, is specifically because... You mean because, me personally? Yes, well, your views, your views, to, to be fair. Uh, I think that when they hear your views about art and philosophy, they're very intrigued and they enjoy that. Just to be clear, your views. But my point is that I think that they see this kind of equalization of the kind of life well, that you would have hold on geo please the, the equalization of life that you would have under a uh, dictatorship with all of these very bad i'm not saying they're great all these bad problems with the uh transgender story hour and all that stuff no, but Lev, the fact that you're that, equating all of these that. things together it's, it's the trail of destruction and murder and illegal actions that the this current regime has committed throughout the middle east throughout asia throughout latin america like that's what I'm saying. It's not just that they yeah, want compare, to import... compare to the history of the world of any regimes that have existed. Like, what are we even talking about here? But you're that's belittling the... it because we're, we live in a, uni, well, a unipolar world. Well, we're going to see what happens with the Chinese and the Russians. But for now, the unipolar world order, the, the, the global Anglo-American empire, they have a monopoly on the quote-unquote legitimacy of all actions. That is the greater evil than what Putler... Maybe not what the Chinese can do, because I'm, I'm very much skeptical of the Chinese. But I'm saying that we ignore the crimes that we've committed because we think that we're doing it to help people because they want, you know, and, and inside every single person is just a Western liberal dying to come out and dying to have uh, OnlyFans and McDonald's. That is my point. It's not just that, like, I know it's a meme that, you know, oh, they want to import transgender story hour there. That's a meme. But I'm saying that behind those memes are a very real critique saying that these countries don't want Western rule. They don't want to be uh, imposed upon and have their ways of life smashed and destroyed by the corporatocracy in the global American empire. That's Geo, and again, I'm not saying that these problems you're talking about are not real problems. They're things that we have to deal with. But even so, that you're equating them to the life that people have under the Russian dictatorship by saying that it's not only equal, but that the Russian dictatorship is a better alternative, that I find to be very dumb. 
But anyway, we are going to go into Super Chats right now. So Alex Redman, 1999 euros, and fellow neocon Christopher Hitchens famously said, that which can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. If her and Lev are going to make claims about Russia funding BLM, they should show proof. So just to be fair to uh, Anne over here, I was the one who brought up BLM. As far as BLM, I'm not going to say exactly like, yo, this is where BLM is coming from. Although, give me time, I may be able to uh, find something out there. What I am saying is that there are leftist speakers who come in who speak about America being this evil imperial power. Some of them are useful idiots. Some of them are paid by the uh, Russian government. But anyway, let's go to the next super chat. Alex Renman, 499 euros. I'd like to hear which members of the panel believe the America back 2014 Maidan coup was justified or unjustified. And again, what you're saying is just one way of looking at this thing with the 2014 Maidan coup being led by the Americans giving absolutely no credence at all to the Ukrainians on the ground. And that's what I kind of don't like, where you have this worldview that it's only the American media making these decisions for these poor, stupid Ukrainians and how they can't do anything themselves. Anyway... Next one, uh, no name, $2. Sorry, NATO, Stoy Boys, but you can't smear the Greer. And again, Gio, I thought that I was fair to Mr. Greer coming in here. If there were any I times think, that I... I think you frame things in a way... Never mind, never mind, never mind. Just All right, next one, Gattaca, two Canadian dollars. Lev, please justify your stance against Dugan here. I think Dugan's a dumbass. Anyway, Alex Redman, 499 he couldn't, although he has a silver tongue, which is very, uh, you know, people people get hypnotized by him. Anyway, Alex Redman, 499 euros. He couldn't <laughs> run away because Zelensky is arresting any man who flees the country left. Again, I would like to see those records of those arrests. Next, Massive McGee, 2 euros. War is hell, now add up my donos on the ribbon, please. Yeah, well, see, I wasn't even mentioning about the ribbon before because this is more of a serious conversation. But yeah, people donate and they have their things on the ribbon there. Uh, Tux loves you, $2. Should I come on as a blessed cheesemaker? Well, it's too late for that, but I appreciate you watching this. Tux, Alex Redmond, final super chat, four ninety nine. Lev, do you condemn Israel annexing the Golan Heights? No. All right, and that's it. Oh, this is God. The, uh, well, there you is, go. There we go. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate this. I know, Gio, we're not going to agree on everything. I mean, we disagree on a lot of things when it comes to this particular thing. But, again, I think it is very well, important. Well, I can't believe near the end we still have, like, almost 200 people watching. That's not, Well, people like people, people, like, love, a, people love a good tussle, a good conflict. And, and again, what I'm definitely going to try to but, do is... Like I said, yeah. I'm sorry if uh, I brought up that one thing. I got pretty heated... It's just that, I don't know, It's I, I feel everyone's going crazy this week. So Everyone is going crazy. Look, w there's a war going on. I mean, how could you not go crazy? All the more, though, I think this is why people have been very fi fired up as far as certain ways that they feel about this conflict. I think that there's a lot of things that are going on. How do I say this? I think that there's a lot of things that are going on from the PSYOPs point of view that are happening from the Russian side. I mean, sure, you could say it's happening from the West, too. I don't equate the two for the reasons I said. Anyway, I really appreciate everybody watching this. This has been a great stream. Well, I mean, great is one way to put it. But again, I appreciate the <laughs> fact that people are willing to speak out. Of content. Yes, don't forget to subscribe, everybody. Patreon.com slash break the rules. And uh, 
We'll see you next week. Take care. God bless. Goodbye. Go to.